and welcome to the latest slash greatest episode of Gaming Fix, the first best podcast recorded by six people internationally who met on the internet. Uh, I, am... <laughs> <laughs> I am your... ASL. <laughs> I am your uh, British strong style champion, Sam. It's not a thing. <laughs> It is a thing. God, God, God. Is it a thing? Yeah. God. I hate Russia. Done. Telebate. Russia's terrible. Trend 7. Uh, we have uh, um, the uh, hell in a cell of Windows updates with Alex. Dude. <laughs> Let's not get started on Windows right now. Fuck them. <laughs> Um, yeah, hardcore champion, Allison. I still don't know anything about uh, wrestling, so. I, I thought we weren't. Never mind. Um, Let's leave that one. <laughs> New Japan heavyweight champion, uh, Andre. Fix dot spaces the place. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, our uh, commissioner, Erica. That's me. And the color commentator, Pat. Okay. I could do that. I can get down with that. <laughs> you'll, settle, you'll settle for that. Yeah. Uh, for those of you in the know or not in the know, uh, this is the second version of this intro we've recorded as we had all the questions. And I had time to polish up my introductions and didn't. Today, <laughs> we're going to be running through uh, the latest and greatest games to be released on multiple platforms, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the ones that we have played. Everybody has brought one game this week to, with which to discuss. One of them is even a surprise to me, which I'm excited about. Um, after that, we're going to have this week's quiz. Um, I do still need to go back and update the scoring um, because I miscounted last week, but uh, we will... Uh, we will get it done. I will actually listen through and do it. I was on holiday this week, as many of you uh, who follow me on Facebook or whatever you will know. Yeah, you can't see it on the stream right now, but he's wearing like one of those lays and he's got this Hawaiian shirt and he's got like a big old pineapple. Hat. Yeah, fruit hat <laughs> on his head. I did buy this jumper on holiday. It's a nice <laughs> knit. Uh, and I have a NASA t-shirt on, I think. Yeah, NASA. There we go. Lift your shirt um, up at us. I don't know what you jump wearing. wearing. <laughs> uh, a uh, Jack Jones cable knit. No way, that wasn't a serious question. Uh, after the quiz, <laughs> after the quiz, we've got this week's this week's this month's review item, which is uh, Wrestle Kingdom twelve. This year's New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Bowl WrestleMania Big Dog event thing. Yes, <laughs> Big Dog. Yeah. That's yeah, what they call I it. didn't see Roman Reigns there. <laughs> we have all watched it. Uh, and although I won't be able to stay the whole time to give my thoughts on the entire thing, uh, um, because uh, due to audio issues recording about an hour later, um, I do have, I have some cool things to say, hopefully, about it at the beginning. Uh, so first off, uh, let's talk about what Andre was talking about. 
Oh yeah, what what you been playing, brother? Don't don't encourage him. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Andre, I do encourage you to keep up that voice for the entire episode, no. including the quiz and the game. Shutting section. this down. The Be cream down. of the crop will rise to the top. Oh, oh yeah. Step into a slim gym. <laughs> Speaking of the cream of the crop, uh, Alison, what have you been playing? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I've had a, a pretty light gaming week, honestly. Um, I've been busy at work, and then also I've been sick for the entire week, so I've been kind of having to alternate going to work and then probably sleeping, mostly sleeping. Um, so I've been playing more of um, Corona Trigger, which I'm really liking, but I've been also playing... Um, Pokemon Fire Red because that is such like a super comfy game for me right now. It's like the type of thing where when I'm sick, I just want to do something that feels super comfortable. So I've been playing that. Um, it's it's interesting going back to something that's that old, mostly because like you start noticing all the little uh, quality of life in, uh, improvements they've made over the years. And I mean, it's still a good game, but like getting through um mount moon and the rock tunnel was like extremely tedious and getting through like one of the rocket bases i just finished um before the stream and i was like there's 11 floors with several people on each floor that i all have to fight and there's like no space in between these it's it's a lot like more tedious. I feel like they definitely figured out later how to best pace this game because this is not necessarily the best paced game ever. But it's um, Pokemon Blue is the first game I ever played, so this is a very nostalgic um, trip back for me. Did you play uh, Soul Silver in those when they came out? Yeah, I did. Those yeah. are the best ones. I think Amped those were. Yeah, yeah, I think of the remakes Gen- they did, those might have been the strongest. Yeah, I, I agree. I um, and Gen Two is my favorite uh, generation. Pokemon Gold and Heart Gold are my favorite Pokemon games. So I feel like they have enough quality of life increases that, like, there's a lot, like, the the, the leap from Pokemon Gen 1 to Gen 2 was just, like, is, is, is almost astonishing how many things they added and improved upon. And then also just going from um, the original Gold to the um, DS. Uh, Ruby to, and Sapphire. Yeah. Yeah, go like well, not not Ruby and Sapphire, but to the engine that they're using for the DS, it works really oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I was thinking GBA. Um, but GBA is good yeah. too because that's what I've been playing on, which is very yeah. nos- which is also yeah. very nostalgic <laughs> for me. Um, Best handheld console. I, I'm a fan. I I I've actually I found um, a bunch of my old Game Boy Advance games, and it's been I've been kind of playing them on and off for the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, this is a good system. There's a lot of good games on this system, and I'm glad that I own some of these games because, for example, I looked at how much my uh, Fire Emblem carts can go for, and it is a lot of money. So uh, glad that I bought them back in the day instead of now. <laughs> so you're saying the GBA is the best handheld system. What if I spread to you the good word of the PlayStation Vita? Uh, I only better system than the PS Vita. So the GBA is like a perfect system. Yes, there's the only, nothing the wrong th- with the Game Boy Advance. The only thing wrong with it is it doesn't. It could have two more buttons. But it, 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 it's fine. That would be really nice buttons. if it had two more buttons and it could play um, 
like every SNES game on it. That'd be amazing. Do um, we? Sorry. But this this thing is like honestly, this is a really well lasting system too, because I pulled out my old Game Boy Advance and or I pulled my uh, sibling's old one out rather, and I uh, turned it on and it still had battery after maybe eight plus years of not being turned on. It's impressive. It still had like battery in there. And my I went to my friend's apartment and I told her about that too. And so she found her old Game Boy Advance and turned it on and it still had battery. Is this an SP or just a regular? Yeah, SP. DBA? Okay, okay. Because yeah, like yeah, that's cool. OG DBA didn't have a rechargeable battery. Yeah, because I, I had an old, I, that, that's the one I had, but I don't know where it is. So I'm using my siblings one, but, uh, but it's, but it's like, it was kind of amazing. Just like, wait, this hasn't been turned on in years. And yet I can, it still has enough battery life to play a little bit of a game. This is kind of amazing. Yeah. Same. My, my 3DS, sometimes if I turn it off at night. It won't turn on again in the morning. Like the battery, if yeah. I put it to sleep at night, it won't. The battery won't last the night. Yep. Whereas yeah, the, the Vita battery life is insane. I left my Vita in a drawer for about six months between game releases and pulled it out, and it had like seventy-five percent charge. It's pretty impressive. I actually. like my Vita a lot, but I bought it to specifically for like when I used to have a very long commute on a bus, and it the screen is really bad outdoors. Like it just oh, the layer on it is horrific. Did you have the original Vita with the OLED or the OLED rather, or the updated Vita that they changed it to like an LCD? Was it skinny or fat? Um, I don't know the comparison between the two. It has rounded edges. I bought it in Japan actually on my honeymoon. That sounds um, like a version two to me. Yeah, yeah. The, it it does have a noticeably crappier screen. <laughs> But this is not if, if if we're talking, okay, this is maybe a discussion for another time. But if we're talking about greatest handhelds, do we count the Switch? If we it's do, then the hard. Switch wins. Yeah, it's a home console that you can take with you. That's Nintendo stuff. I was uh, I was looking at this online because for some reason I was I was like I'm gonna look up all these console sales because I was I was bored and uh, they they listed as a hybrid console so. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It is not as simple and like portable as like a GBA. That's true. It's like, like the GBA this, is perfect. Taking this SP with me, it's like it's small, but it, it it's easy. It's the screen's still not terrible, and I I've actually been considering um a, a, a game store near me. They have a modded GBA that has like actually a backlit screen but it's an original dba has better buttons better everything and i'm like i'm really tempted to get it it's 160 dollars, which is a lot for a game boy advance but yeah i kind of want it mm-hmm. <laughs> if they put a rechargeable battery in there maybe yeah i don't i don't know if they do I, i'd have to ask them and if it had a rechargeable battery it might be that might be it and i'd have to get it yeah, hmm. Pokemon's pretty great though. Pokemon yeah, it, is pretty great. It's it's, yeah. I I, I feel great about it being my first game ever because it's a, well it's it's a type of game where I feel like there, I have so much like residual, like knowledge of Pokemon in my head that playing one of those games is really straightforward. But I feel like if you're picking it up for the first time, you're like, wait, I have to pay attention to how many different type, and, uh combinations and moves and everything 
people get really deep with that stuff like high level pokemon they oh my do. god it's crazy it's yeah. insane they, like, occasionally i look that oh. up and it's it's amazing and then there's also all the like super rare things that you can do too like people who look for shinies um um <laughs> And then also, apparently, there's the like the thing I found out recently is that there's a Pokemon virus that only like that is mm-hmm. super rare to get. Yep. Yep. And it can be Those transferred. Like, yeah. Um, the first time I played Pokemon uh, Silver, I think I was going through. I think it was Radiant Forest, and I ran into a Pikachu, and it looked all fucked. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, what's up with it? I'm just gonna kill it." I didn't know. <laughs> Turns out it was a shiny. It was like one of the rarest shinies. And I, I found out years later that's what it was. And I just was so sad. <laughs> I love that your first instinct is like, "Oh, this is a fucked up looking Pikachu. Time to kill it." <laughs> yeah, like, why, how were you not like? I need to catch this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I meant to, but I think I ended up doing it, and it gave a lot of XP. And I was like, "Oh, all right, that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of giving a lot of XP, uh, Andre, what have you been playing this week? Uh, well, since I, w- I was keeping with the theme of uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12, so I brought an anime fighting game. Uh, I'm giving the people what they want, what they come to this <laughs> podcast for. I have been depriving them. Oh no! We're going to talk about we're going to talk about Dragon Ball. Oh no! Pat wasn't <laughs> playing. Pat. So, so, no, no, uh, no. Are we talking wait, about wait. the end of Dragon Ball Super? Are we going to spoil no, that right no. now? The, no. Uh, the, the end of Dragon yeah. Ball Super is like awesome. Like it kind of goes on for like a really long time. So like four minutes left, and then there's like six more episodes, and like these are this is like two hours what are you doing we got to uh, talk about dragon ball budokai three uh, that, that's a good game uh, I, I fuck with that um no uh the dlc the first dlc for dragon ball fighters uh dropped with bardock or aka dad goku uh, <clears throat> and brawly aka green goku um dropped and it's it's pretty good uh bardock is really cool and kind of like the perfect character for me uh he goes super saiyan which i didn't know he could do um apparently that's in like a spin-off thing where he like goes back in time and then goes super saiyan and beats like frieza's ancestor in a fight and then that's why frieza's scared of super saiyans apparently <laughs> Go, dragon ball's weird uh, like a lot <laughs> yeah but it is really cool uh it's they also the deals the rest of the dlc leaked and i'm kind of disappointed in the like there have been leaks leading up to now but now there's like data mining from the pc version of the game and it's basically confirmed at this point and there are like multiple characters where i'm like how how are you not going to put this person in the game like it's such a slam dunk with like people from super who should totally be in there and there's no mr satan on the list like what about Mr. Not, Popo? Not interested. Mr. Popo does not fight. He, he just he just stares menacingly at people and is like, "If you destroy the time chamber again, you will be banned." <laughs> Mr. Popo is a problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, but blackface is a problem in Japan. Uh, yeah. yeah, but we won't get into that. Uh, yeah, but the DLC is pretty good. Brawly, not for me. Uh, I don't. Uh, he's like a big armored command grab character, uh, and I can never figure out like 
why I'm getting hit by command grabs, but I can't hit other people by commit with command grabs. <laughs> but uh, I, I've had some fun getting back into ranked and messing around. Uh, yeah, so if- I was like watching. I watched a Twitch stream mm-hmm. this like yesterday. Of uh, actually, it was the guy who won the 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 tournament that was in the, fight, the fighting game. Uh, fans for fist the giant oh, bomb fans hey, for fist hey. I'm, I'm an admin of that group now by the way <laughs> <laughs> they made me an admin of, of a fighting game group which is crazy to me but uh, it's like i was watching him you know mess around with the brawly and bardic and it was just mm-hmm. like i can't wait until my thumb doesn't hurt enough to like get mm-hmm. back into that game and when it does everybody's gonna be so much better than i am <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to play I, t- I had one fight where like a person just kept getting like a perfect like combo on me and like just bouncing me all around and they were like doing it flawlessly every time i'm like what the fuck <laughs> not fun. and i basically just get okay putting the controller down walking away <laughs> yeah okay. that feels super cool but uh, yeah, I can't besides that it's still a good game I can't get into anime fighters. I just like, I like my Street Fighter. I like the one-on-one. I like knowing exactly what's happening. You know, you can have one-on-one anime fighters. What about Persona Four Arena? That game's real good. Is uh, I bought Persona Four Arena three times and I've never played it. I have <laughs> two copies in shrink wrap in my house. What? Well, it's a, it's a that's amazing novel. That's a fighting game. Yep. Uh, you can you can play as Chie. She's got a good kick. It's like an instant. She can do. You can do galactic you punch, and it's just it. an instant kill. <laughs> what uh, if uh, it wasn't Teddy, a fighting game, but it Teddy, was a rhythm game, and it was on Vita? Teddy <laughs> puts Teddy puts his enemies inside his persona, and then it explodes. It's it's a good game. Good game. <laughs> Speaking of good games, Persona uh, Five Arena. Yeah, that that would be a good game. Erica, what have you been playing? Oh, I'm about to shit on this game. <laughs> good game. Um, yeah, so um, I have been really busy this week, so I didn't really have time to like sit down and play a game, but I, I decided to, at work, um, play a game that I have started and stopped a bunch of times, which is The Room Pocket, which is just the phone version of The Room. Um, Wasn't it on phones first it was on it was ipad, iPad first, and then there was yeah. pocket which is just better optimized for the smaller screen i think um so it's it's a game that i i've yeah i've like i've opened it a few times and i've played through like the tutorial and like chapter one a bunch and then i bought it um a while ago played through chapter two and then fell off of it again and then i just decided to start over and play through it and I don't I don't think it's a bad game, but I don't think it's great. Like it looks really beautiful, especially considering it's not a very new game. I think it came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just not it just doesn't do it for me. It's like it holds my hand a little too much. And it's like it doesn't let me struggle for anything. I want to struggle for those types of games. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to work for the puzzles you and it's like easy game you want you yeah. want to, you want it to be more impenetrable like mist yes exactly yeah. i want it to be impenetrable just but a like, little bit more like what it does is like if i look at the top of the the box that i'm looking at it whatever it'll say like things like oh why don't you focus on the sides of the box for now 
or you know anytime that i got stuck even for a second i would put like that lens on and then it's like oh okay there's something to do there i I felt like there was never a point where i felt confused or stuck or struggled for anything i don't think i was ever stuck for more than a minute in that game except in the epilogue in the epilogue there was something and i'm not sure if there's any way to do it other than brute force but once i figured out how to brute force how to go through the 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 rotations of like this key and whatever and uh figured out how to brute force it it took me like a minute to brute force it and it was just not i just don't think it's very fun i just i want to just don't hold my hand let me struggle (laughs) i think it was way better when the concept of like touching this like using the touch screen to rotate the thing around and to like interact with the pieces of the box that was it was better when that was a novel idea, but yeah. it's definitely not a hard game. And in you know 2018, I can see why it would be kind of boring. Yeah, and I, I think- could see also that it's meant for a, a probably a wider market. Like I could see, uh, like my one of my charges has the game on his iPad. Like it's it's meant for maybe not me, like a target audience that's not me who's super into like hard puzzle games, but you know. Yeah, I found it. Um, the Room is a really interesting game. It's actually one that I recommended to my friend who doesn't play games and she mm-hmm. adored it. So that basically fits into exactly what you were just talking about. <laughs> like she's yeah. like, oh man, if I ever get stuck, like it just kind of helps me out and it just it makes me like, yeah. you know, broaden my like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like that kind of thing. Like So for her, those kinds of... Uh, hints and stuff were actually a positive yeah like i there were clues and i did click a clue once to see if there was a way to not uh brute force that thing in the epilogue i was talking about but um that the clue didn't really help at all because it seems like that brute force thing isn't actually necessary to beat the epilogue so i don't know it's just like i don't think i i don't know if the the other the sequels are better or I mean, harder, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like I sound like an asshole. It's like, oh, this game's too easy for me. But, so, <laughs> you know, is it okay to just... slightly spoil a six-year-old game? Go ahead. So, that uh, I I last played it probably six years ago. Is that epilogue still like just super fucked? And you're just like, what is going on? Why am I in space? <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of still that. Um, it's there's a very loose story with like a null element and you're trying to figure out why what this element is and the story doesn't it's you're kind of following the guy who created or discovered or whatever the null element and it the last part is you following him into the next dimension i guess or whatever that is but (laughs) yeah it kind of worked for me when I, i remember not thinking it was that crazy but i had been expecting it to go sideways for a while so i kind of actually i like the story elements i kind of wished it was a little more into that i kind of was into like what the fuck's going on here what is this null element thing what is you know why why are we why am i like two steps behind this guy but he can leave notes for me i was into kind of figuring out that stuff and then it just didn't pay off for me fair enough but i don't know it's 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 a good game it's not a great game uh, the the later games in the series do more with the story, but they don't necessarily get any harder. So okay. if you're interested in the story, they're not terrible. They're kind of cool, but like the difficulty is pretty consistent through the whole series. Okay. How? What are they up to now? Like, what's the most recent room? Um, <sighs> the last one I played was four. Yeah, no, four. four is the, last one. the last one I played was three. Dang. 
last one I played was one. <laughs> uh, I, I think that will be the last one I play too. <laughs> I really like the the story elements. Um, so I play them as they come out because it's like $2 and it takes an hour. And I think yeah. the story is interesting, but it, gameplay wise, they're super like boring really <laughs> yeah but the first one it uh, the first chapter is free the tutorial and the, the for chapter one are free and then you have to make like an in-game purchase of like a dollar and i think it's worth a dollar if and it, you kind of know if after chapter one if that's the kind of game you're looking for but i think they're yeah. better on tablets than on phones i've played okay. it on both Maybe that's part of my issue too. It was kind of a small screen. I couldn't really appreciate quite how nice it looked. The issues you're know. describing are present on tablets too, but yeah. <laughs> aren't they also on PC or something now? I think, I think so. They are weird. Yeah. Recently, I have gotten into watching puzzle box videos on YouTube. So it's like yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's something you could get into as puzzle boxes if <laughs> you want the room, but it's not hard enough for you. And yeah, it like, also led me down like a road of watching like magic videos. Not like magic, <laughs> like, sleight of hand, like magic tutorials, mm -hmm. and like there's a pen and shell, pen and teller show called Fool Us. Now I'm just watching like those clips on YouTube. <laughs> that show is that show <laughs> is like so good. It's a dark YouTube hole I've fallen down. <laughs> just like yeah. oh, I'm gonna watch this puzzle. I don't even know how I came across this stuff but yeah. just like watching puzzle box videos yeah like i was talking to my husband like when we were doing our other podcast which i recorded this morning um and he was kind of like talking about how it would be cool to play a game like the room like unlocking a box but it's just super hard and you have to struggle with it for a long time and i really do like the mechanics i just don't want them to like don't point me in the right direction let me just figure it out <laughs> have you ever done a uh, escape room Yes, I did one. Xavier and I did it for our anniversary one year. It's pretty fun. <laughs> we got out. <laughs> would you Ooh, that's good. Would you recommend an escape room over the room? Yes, it was more fun and it was harder. <laughs> I will say um, the escape rooms are like a super fun thing to do a time. Yeah. But as someone who has done a lot of escape rooms, they're all kind of the same. Yeah, I would recommend if anybody's in New York, Escape Games NYC. They got some cool rooms. Cool. <laughs> I think Nintendo is touring around with like a Zelda theme one. They, they were, that. yeah. IGN yes, did it. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, speaking of things that are interesting, Pat, you've been playing something cool this week. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing this game, Gollum Gates, that I don't see anybody talking about at all, which I think is kind of weird because it's pretty cool uh, and interesting, an interesting concept anyway. Um, so it's uh, been in early access for a while. I hadn't touched it in a long time. It just popped, like, came out early access this week. So I was like, oh, I should check and see where this is at. And it's a pretty cool game. Um, it's on sale for 20% off right now, which is a pretty good price for it. Uh, and it they it's it released in a very um, stable state, from what I can tell. So early access issues are pretty non-existent. Um, but uh, basically, at its core, it's like a it's an RTS, and it's very much an RTS uh, first. So it's got the mechanics I'm about to talk about. Don't overshadow that. But uh, it's an RTS with uh, like kind of card playing mechanics. Um, so uh, you have a deck that you can customize. Uh, there's around 100 different cards in the game. Um, and uh, so you build a deck, you draw a starting hand, just like if you were playing Hearthstone or something like that. And then you have an energy resource that goes up over time that 
excuse me, um, allows you to play your cards. And then you control them as uh, the cards are like units, buffs. Uh, there's some that let you manipulate your deck to draw more cards. Um, defensive structures like towers, traps. Um, and you play them, and then you control the units like you would in an RTS. Um, you know, you click on them and right-click to move around and stuff. Um, the game is focused around, uh, in single player, it's always focused around destroying these golem gates uh and then in multiplayer it's each player has like a they're called harbingers like an avatar that you're trying to kill that can be moved around the map and stuff so uh, the the deck mechanic is less it's not really like rts hearthstone the deck mechanic really exists more to eliminate uh build orders which um is sort of the like make or break you're either going to love or hate rts's based on how you feel about the concept of build orders. Some people like the, the like watching people try to be as efficient and as possible with their mouse clicks to have the most clean build order, um, which is in games like Starcraft is the concept of like, I build this building, then this building, then spawn these units, then build this building, then spawn these units, then buy this upgrade. And it's very like, it's been mine to death. So it's Starcraft two, you know what the, optimal build orders for each thing are you know what build orders counter other build orders um so uh, a lot of people enjoy it i think that you know i'm not really educated enough to make a strong critical argument one way or another i find it super boring and i have never liked anything beyond like campaigns in rts's because i can't handle how stale i feel like they are to watch but uh Anyway, Golem Gates kind of tries to get away from that by sort of randomizing when you have access to things a little bit. Um, and it seems really cool. I haven't played tons and tons of hours of it, but I played the first like third of the campaign and a little bit of the looked at a little bit of the multiplayer and stuff. Um, it's uh, there's no microtransactions. You unlock new cards through play. Um, you don't start with all of them. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It also has a really, really, really awesome art style. And the music is pretty cool, too. Mm. I feel yeah. like I haven't heard anything about this game until you said, "Hey, I'm playing this game. Is anybody else playing it?" Yeah, the yeah. same to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Um uh the, the there's been like zero coverage of it whatsoever. Yeah. I remember seeing it in early access months ago and it what's odd, the reason that I find that so odd is that it's very competently made. Like you'll be able to tell yeah. really quick whether it's for you or not. And it's not going to be for a lot of people. I can't like yeah. say everyone should go out and play this game. Cause it's a, <laughs> it's like pretty hardcore. Um, it's it not really based on ATM nice. at all. Um, I'm looking at it on the stream right now. It's like really pretty. <laughs> I would say like if the art style appeals, the art style I think is going to be the make or break for a lot of people. <laughs> if the art <laughs> style appeals to you, you'll probably get into it. Cause it's not, it's hard, but it's not. The campaign is meaty enough that even if you don't get into multiplayer, it's worth it to see the campaign through. Um, but uh, there's very little storyline. Um, it's very, very. The maps all look very, very similar, almost identical in terms of like they all have that one weird, like almost computer circuitry mixed with a Giger painting kind of art <laughs> style. Um, and I'm really into that. So. Uh, it doesn't bother me, but I think that will be the thing that a lot of people will either be super into or completely turned off by is like that very repetitive art style, very weird, simple, simplistic dialogue at the start of each level. It's, it's, I think it's really fascinating, but I think a lot of people would find it kind of esoteric and hard to understand or enjoy. 
Okay. I, I think the only news article that I could even find about it was from CBR. And it's because some guys who worked on the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, are part of the design team for it. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even... That would make sense. Like, the art in it bears some resemblance to uh, to some of the stuff in the Thor movies. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, uh, Alex, I understand that you don't have a game to talk to us about this week, but you have something more interesting to talk about. Yeah, I do have something to talk about. Whether or not it's more interesting is up to you guys. Um, <laughs> so, for a world exclusive, for the first time on a podcast ever, rather than talking about a video game, I'm going to talk about a news article. <laughs> what? Sorry, I should rephrase. It's not necessarily a news article. It's an opinion piece. So bold move. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's buckle up, motherfuckers, because this is. I don't know. I don't want to be too political, so we'll stay away from the politics of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't play any games this week. Again, sorry. It's. We're in crunch. I don't know if I'm going to be playing many games over the next month. Uh, but uh, this article came out. It's probably about a 10-minute read. And uh, to give some context to it, GDC happened a few weeks ago. Or was it last week? I can't actually remember. But um, so for those who don't know, GDC is a big conference that happens in San Francisco every year. It's the Game Developers Conference. Uh, it's where it's a business to business conference. It's not public facing. So if you are a fan of video games, don't go to GDC because <laughs> there's no announcements. There's nothing like that. It's largely networking and um, going to like talks, learning stuff, learning about C++ programming, like how to use shaders properly and like crazy stuff. But it's it's a great conference. I've gone once, uh, but it's a really weird thing. And this year, uh, Rami Ishmael of Vlambeer Games, makers of like uh, what Nuclear Throne, Luftrausers, and like ridiculous fishing and stuff, uh, he held a panel that was called "One Reason to Be." So the reason, the one reason to be, haha, was to talk about game makers who like really wanted to be at GDC but couldn't necessarily get there for one reason or another, or people that are generally underrepresented. So, like I said, GDC is in San Francisco and. Staying in San Francisco for a week can be prohibitively expensive because it's basically the most expensive city on earth. Uh, that and the passes to GDC can be upwards of like twenty five hundred US dollars. So, like, it's pretty crazy. Um, so he specifically held this panel to talk about those who uh, come from who make games and come from like developing nations. So. Are you, you guys with me so far? Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. Rami is Egyptian and Dutch. Dutch, yeah. And yeah. He runs into a lot of problems with like airport security. <laughs> Egyptian. Yeah, he, he's very open about it, and I think it's really cool. Yes. Um, so there is a separate article that's all about Rami and all about that panel, but the one I'm talking about is one that's written by uh, a lady named Gwendolyn Foster. And uh, for full disclosure, I am familiar with Gwen like on a personal level. She's one of Cheska's old friends. Uh, but she is a video game developer from the Philippines. 
And so those of you so listening, if you do not know, the Philippines is full of amazing developers and there's some really good studios there, but it is still technically a third world country. Uh, so you'll usually find that there's a lot of outsourced developers there rather than developers making games for themselves or like, you know, like so, uh, self-started indie studios or anything like that. So Gwendolyn has been making games for years. She's uh, she's a really good programmer, like really, really highly respected in Southeast Asia for being both really good at computer science, but also in promoting indie games in the region. So when I was saying that there's a lot of outsourcing, she's one of the ones, one of the voices for uh, indie games within uh, not just Philippines, but, you know, Southeast Asia. So you were Vietnam, Laos, Thailand, etc. She um, she's the creator and director for like the IGDA. If you're familiar with the IGDA, which is International Game Developers Association for Southeast Asia, and she started game developer associations in the Philippines and stuff like that. You can find all this in the article. I won't go too much into it, but Rami directly invited her, uh, paid for her flight, paid for her GDC pass, and paid for her lodging because he really wanted her to be a part of that panel and have the voice of someone like that come out and be heard by uh, people who generally wouldn't listen to it which is pretty amazing, honestly. And she was 100% ready to go. But the U.S. government, being what it is right now, would not approve her visa, despite the fact that she had proof of ticket and proof of return ticket and proof of why she's going to this conference, that she's a registered speaker and stuff like that. She applied multiple times and was turned down each time. And there's a multitude of reasons. Uh, She goes into it in the article again worth reading uh one of the biggest of which is just straight up racial profiling because she is a single filipina in her 30s so she gets profiled as the type of person who'd be coming to the u.s to marry someone and run away from home right like that's just the way the u.s government sees it even if like you know her and you know that's very far from reality it's just something that she has to deal with and the article in the end is a very optimistic thing and it's a really good think piece and it opens your eyes to the reality that a lot of people like like us don't really think about because we're from developed or quote unquote rich nations and we don't have to worry about this kind of thing. But this article and a couple companion pieces to it really help you open your mind to what people like f- who live in India or Philippines or whatever that they have to deal with and what they have to kind of think about on a day-to-day basis that we just take for granted. So 100% recommend reading that article. It'll take you no more than about 10 to 15 minutes. And yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. Excellent. Thanks for bringing that one up. Yeah, um, I haven't read that article because I was pretty unplugged this week, but um, it is something that is on my reading list. Yes. So I think let's get back to dick jokes. <laughs> It's a really good article. I you should definitely read it. And uh, there's, I think that um, there's a lot of that. Like Andre pointed out to us earlier when you had first shared it too, that that's an issue that has plagued esports teams too. Oh yeah. Um, which is ultimately less important, I think, than what they were trying to do. Um, but uh, you know, it's still a thing like that that is going that does impact video games. Yeah, and it's honestly it's way bigger than just video games, right? Like it's oh totally it's yeah. it's something that um, like it's an article that yes, it's based around the world of video games, but it it is reality for a lot of people. And like my, the person I'm dating and who you know like is my best friend 
comes from a developing nation. So we have to deal with things like visas and we have to deal with stuff like that. So it's just, it's something that a lot of us probably wouldn't think about on a day-to-day basis, but it's totally worth thinking about the people who don't have the opportunity to kind of speak for themselves about it. Definitely. Um, speaking of dick jokes, uh, <laughs> you said it earlier on and then someone else says something intelligent, <laughs> but I really like the segue. I've been playing yeah. Far Cry 5. <laughs> um, I know, uh, Pat, you've been playing this as well. Um, uh, I'm probably not going to talk too in-depth or too long about it um, because it's a Far Cry game. And the story doesn't live up to the promise. So, you know, that's that's kind of everything that needs to be said, I feel like, about that game. Um, there's a couple of things that I would say I do and don't like about it. Um, so the moment-to-moment gameplay is, uh, as you would anticipate, is pretty good um, in terms of, like, the shooting feels good, the running feels good, the driving feels good, the flying feels good. Um the um changes they've made in terms of how you level up and like how you gain perks awesome the fact that they've taken away like the hunting and uh kind of crafting aspects i'm less hot on i feel like uh i would have liked to have seen like kind of a mix between the two uh for those who aren't familiar basically in old far cry games you would like kill three sharks to get a new wallet so that you could hold more money whereas in far cry 5 you kill a black bear and you fulfill the kill a black bear challenge and you never have to kill a black bear again mm. it's like crossing items off of a list almost yeah um it's called like they call it a challenge list and like all of the like gun challenges exploration challenges like everything apart from the hunting challenges are awesome like being able to be like i got 20 arrow kills so now i got three poke points that's awesome i got 30 headshots so i have three poke points and like you can play in certain ways that maximize your perk points make you more powerful more early in the game which is really cool uh but then the uh like the game kind of like i think austin said this on waypoint radio that the game doesn't um respond to that so like i got that 30 headshots uh challenge and people aren't wearing like helmets they're, they're still living their living their lives helmet free um i'm pretty early in the game though so you know pat may have seen other stuff um uh, i like the companion system i think it's pretty cool i like um i like a lot of stuff i think first person driving is a huge pain in the ass as um, always yeah it's so always. good in far cry though i don't know i've always loved the driving in those games it's it is better than i think i have seen it in any other game it's super kinetic that's what i like about it like i don't drive so i don't know how realistic it is <laughs> not really <laughs> no. imagine you were driving from your perspective yeah the handling model is not realistic but no. you wouldn't want it to be <laughs> um and i've had some very funny things happen with the ai and with characters in game a few of which i took screenshots of um i've had several characters sitting down on chairs when there was no chair there 
Uh, I loaded a picture of that to Facebook today. Yeah, I thought that, uh, that was funny. funny. Yeah. Um, I had one where instead of getting into a car, a companion got under the car and wedged the car up on their head like at a full <laughs> diagonal. Oh, so like that. That's it's good. Like the uh, and, Far Cry trains, or not Far Cry Fallout trains, where it's just a guy with the train head and he just runs. Hmm. I wasn't going to pick this game up, but now you're kind of turning me <laughs> <laughs> anytime i told that character to move he would move but the car would stay like wedged on top of his head with the axle <laughs> so he's like dragging this like jeep around this small little base oh, man did he have like a big so sword fun. and then he's kind of like pyramid head but with like a fucking truck <laughs> truck head <laughs> uh, and the truck was uh purple and lime green and had dragons on the side and a gun on the back uh, yes that truck is the best one to have that happen with yeah and it was merle who was doing the oh, dragon nice. so it was extremely funny um so yeah uh, what, when when did how recently have you played far cry 3 or 4 i haven't played a far cry game since playing okay. about two-thirds of far cry 3 the week it came out i've heard a few people talking about how like the challenge system with hunting is a step backwards from those games and like that it was better when you had to go find the animals to craft the holsters and stuff. I played about four hours of far cry three this week. Um, just because I'm playing far cry five, uh, co-op with, uh, my partner and I kind of, um, I don't want to get too far ahead. So I, I'm just kind of reserving that game for when we can play together. Um, and so I kind of booted up far cry three as like a, ah, if I feel like I really want to play, I'll just go play far cry three for a bit. Uh, shit sucks. Like that crafting, having to <laughs> having to hunt down those different animals, kind of sucks. Like it, it was novel at the time, but having done that in probably forty different video games since then, that's an exaggeration. I'm kidding, but like I I played Red Dead a little about a few weeks ago, and it has a similar there's similar stuff in Red Dead, and it's just like having to find specific animal parts it's not like and stuff i'm also playing horizon right now too and the same thing there i'm actually so happy that far cry 5 got away from that it was definitely a cool novel concept at the time but um i think it's super stale at this point and if they had released it with that i'm not saying the system that they have in is like amazing or anything but if they had actually released it with that old system i would have been like come on i don't want to do this again so i think there's a bit of rose colored glasses going on in some cases when people are saying the old system was better even if the new system could also be better so, yeah, I, I feel like we're at kind of crafting overload with games, which I mean, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I played Far Cry 3, I, I, I liked it, but I don't know how much of that is because it was like, oh, it's a great game. This, this makes sense because I, I need to have a new, uh, uh, new item. And so then I can go and hunt and get that item. But I, but it's one of those things too, where I feel like if I went back, I would probably find it annoying too and be like, and just the, let me get just let me craft it now i don't i don't yeah. need to hunt it i mean the game itself is still great i i had a have had a lot of fun yeah. revisiting it so it's nothing against this i happen to really enjoy the series and i'm enjoying far cry 5 more than most people i think um but uh part of that because i have a co-op partner to play with i think too right. but um the 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 crafting is definitely not a thing i'm sad to see go so i think the it's safe to say that a lot of people have had criticisms for that game and it seems like the biggest of which is how it 
kind of pulls it pun- pulls its punches with the story, which we were talking about last week, and I was saying I hope they don't, but it turns out they did. So mm-hmm. if you kind of ignore those criticisms, just looking at it as a video game ass video game, how is it? It's a great video game. I feel yeah. the same way. There's one or two things that I find really annoying um, at the moment uh, is the the fact that the world is so hostile. Like it's this beautiful open terrain that I want to explore, but I cannot drive a hundred feet down the road without being ambushed by six, like, I don't know, wrestler looking dudes in dirty clothes with machine guns or cougars. Uh, or yeah, animals. Yeah. It's pretty rough in that regard. I think that's a problem present in a lot of recent open world games though. Like, I mentioned I'm playing a lot of Horizon right now because I want to get it off my list, and I'm, of course, loving it because that game is beautiful and amazing. But at the same time, like, uh, I was, like, getting so pissed off yesterday because I was like, I just want to go find these campfires, and I walk 10 feet, and then I get attacked by a massive enemy, and it, like, does half my health, and now I have to walk (laughs) slowly to pick up healing items, and then as soon as I get to the campfire, then I'm ambushed by a stalker, and, like... I think it's a problem that's been that's like creeping into a lot of open world games. Um, I, I don't think Far Cry avoids it. Uh, no, but, yeah, I totally had that um, issue with Horizon as well. Um, I I think that was what I really enjoyed Horizon, but I think that was the reason why I didn't go back in when I lost my save and start playing again, even though I like the game. I think yeah. that. I haven't played enough of Far Cry to be able to say for sure, but the thing about Horizon is once I got back into it, I hadn't played it in a couple months. Once I got back into it, I kind of relearned the methods to avoid those enemies, and I feel like Far Cry doesn't have as many of those methods. Um, So it's more frustrating there than it is in... And you're, like, encouraged to take vehicles on the road, and when you're driving a car down the road, like if you pass an enemy, a truck full of enemies, they're all going to turn around and shoot at you. And it would just be nice if there was some way to like, well, I'm driving one of their cultist vehicle. So maybe they won't notice that it's me inside of it while I'm driving it or something. Um, Jeep stealth. But I mean, like you're just a guy. I don't see why every single person can see you from 200 meters away inside of a car. That's a good point actually, because you do change your clothes early on out of your deputy uniform did, yeah. did, did any of you ever make reference to that did any of you ever play the first far cry though where enemies would oh, see yeah. you literally from yeah. across the map yep <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's better than that uh, i will say that i think that far cry 5 is like a i think anyone who's disappointed with it it's totally valid i'm not necessarily trying to like uh apologize for the mistakes that it makes because it definitely does pull its punches narratively and there are some things mechanically that haven't evolved as much as you might like but i have seen more armchair game design with this game than I've seen I think with any other game any other major release like the amount of like well they should have done this they should have done this like I love Waypoint and I love Austin's criticism but listening to the to his discussion I think his review is actually a really good read but listening to his criticism on the podcast I was like dude go make a video game then (laughs) like you have all these ideas for how it could be better like I, I would say the it. same on this one actually. A lot yeah. of armchair game design. And I think it's because the concept is really simple. Yeah. Um uh, there's a there, there's a few things that I personally would change about it. Um oh, yeah. same. And like I'm reminded by like I'm reminded of playing GTA and Watch Dogs 2, where I'm like I'm in an urban I'm in an American setting and there are places of peace 
there's places of like tranquility and I can drive around without like diving out of my car and hiding in a bush or just speeding past enemies. So I will say, I think that part of that gets a little bit better as you um, complete the, as you level up the resistance in the different regions That's that makes it safer well. to move around. Um, Cause it's like that in far cry three, when you take out the outposts um, it makes that area safe. So you don't have to worry mm -hmm. about getting attacked every 100 feet. Um, so that's definitely a thing that you that is rectified one way in uh, in the game, but early on it's totally that kind of frustrating. Like you're attacked, and there's a lot of hostile wildlife too when you get off the roads. Yeah, I have. Um, I just have one question. Uh, I guess it's probably for Sam, but Pat can also answer. Of the animals that you can hang out with that aren't hostile, which one is your favorite? Is it the pupper? Is it the kitty? Or is it the burr? I only have one. His name is Boomer. He's a very good boy. He's he's a dog. One of his ears is permanently flopped down, and one is permanently up. Aww. And he has the, like an, an incredibly realistic dog movements and face. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm extremely disappointed though because he doesn't get in the car when you get in a car. That is such a what? that is a piece of armchair game design that is 100 percent accurate. Oh, so he doesn't Why the ride. Fuck does that dog not get in the car? He doesn't ride he shotgun just, and just like. It's oh. like the only thing I want is to have a dog in the game and then be able to like drive around with the dog. Oh my god, that, <laughs> he just yeah. disappears and then when you get to your next objective, he's just there and it's like, yeah, all right, I, I get it. It they seems like you like driving the dog off a cliff or something. But you can <laughs> shoot the dog. You can shoot oh, all kinds of dogs. What the fuck? Yep. Uh, I just looked up the ending for Far Cry Five and. <laughs> Mm. Um, well, I'd rather not know, even though no, it's yeah, yeah. great. As I'm gonna Austin try. was mentioning it on Waypoint yeah, Radio. Yeah, he mentioned I was it. Curious, and mm, I don't. I don't think it's as game, well. But. As long as it's better than the ending to Far Cry Three. <laughs> I don't think it is, but I don't. I, I, I don't think it is. I think that Ouch. I think it's it's interesting that people. Uh, and again, I don't mean to suggest that like everyone should lay off, but it is interesting that. Um, like none of the Far Cry games have ever had a good story from the first one to now. Never. There's never been a good story in a Far Cry game. And so I think it's kind of funny that this one, I know that people are like disappointed because it could have been so much darker and like more meaningful and like had something political to say, which I would have loved. But like Ubisoft, there hasn't been like a great story in a Ubisoft game aside from maybe like Watch Dogs 2 and some of the Assassin's Creed stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm an Assassin's Creed fanboy, so I think that has a cool story. But, like, <laughs> most Ubisoft games don't have compelling stories. They're not a great narrative developer, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I think it's interesting that people are so disappointed in it when I don't really know why you would have expected it to actually be super good anyway. I think you're totally right. Uh, but I think, especially with the Far Cry series, there have been some of the best characters in video games. Like, especially for like actiony kind of video games. Like, I, I still think I, I, I still think characters. I still think Voss is one of the like ultimate characters from one of these kinds of games. And they, I guess, I really like, even if the, the story wasn't good, it, they could have at least like tried to do something interesting with it and. They don't really like uh, setting a Far Cry game in like the U.S. That's like kind of interesting inherently, but because it's been like you're going to these exotic locations and dealing with native peoples and whatnot, but mm -hmm. it's kind of still the same like, for me. 
yeah, well, uh, it's true. And it's Ubisoft is in French, so or I don't who even develops Far Cry is it a Canadian studio? I don't know. Again, but, it might be. Like it's just kind it's of such real, a yeah. like both sides middle of the road like story that it's like not trying to do anything interesting. Like if it was just like a bad story, that'd be that'd be something else. But it's just kind of like they don't they so actively try to not do anything interesting yeah. that I think that seems to be more of the problem that I'm picking up from people. But. I think I think what the story we all want is also really difficult for a publicly traded company to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like, think it's difficult. Interesting story, and it sounds like they didn't. I don't mean uh, I don't mean to suggest that that uh, this isn't like a, a nationalist thing. I think anyone has the right to try, of course, but I think it's also hard for a Canadian studio to probably like, I would imagine if I was, if I was making, like if somebody said to me, like make a game about the political state in the UK right now, I would be like, I don't know. I'm not really equipped for that. Yeah. <laughs> and Canada is a lot closer to here than, yeah. than the UK is um, to me, but make it, make still I can see how that could be challenging. Make Yoko Taro, make a game about Brexit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he already um, has. <laughs> that's, but, that's actually the first near. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can see how that could be a challenging, another layer of complexity, even though I don't think that's an excuse either. No. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons why Far Cry 5 didn't pan out as like game of the year amazingness and i i do really think that they don't stick the tone i think that's my biggest issue with the story is that they're like the base the opening is so good it is the opening is like i'm super invested i really want to see where this goes this is cool as hell um this character is awesome and then you just see nothing of that character and nothing like what you see in that scene again like I'm several hours in and I've had nothing even remotely similar. Um, It has some weird ways in which it, like I didn't, uh, they talked about this a little bit on the bombcast. This is not really a spoiler, but it has like multiple sequences where you're supposed to die so that you can, they can play you a cutscene, And that is something that I was like, really? This is kind of dumb. And it happens like, eight times in that game. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Just like, why? And, and like, um, I, don't, I haven't seen most of them. I've only seen it once, but like the framing was like, Oh, you died. So we kidnapped you and took you here. And now we're releasing you. And it's like, what? It's like, it's like in Grand Theft Auto. When do you go to the hospital? And yeah. Stuck on yeah. You go to bed. They're just going to yes. let you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You died in like a police chase, but hey, go on. Um, but it's not part of the narrative. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, similar concept. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, but yeah, like they they do kind of, they ratchet up the, the same thing that Marvel does in their movies where like the pathos stuff where everything serious is undercut by humor and humor sometimes isn't on point. Um, but yeah, I think we've talked a lot about Far Cry 5. Uh, for a game that uh, like both Pat and I like, but I think agree has some problems. I I think the thing, the last piece that I have to say on it is like, I think the way that it's been reviewed, it'll be interesting to revisit it when some of the heavy hitters come out later this year. Um, because 
I could be totally wrong, but like when Red Dead comes out later this year, I mean, given its pedigree, I fully expect it to be a game that tries to say something political and probably is problematic in different areas. And I really hope that we see it and like if this political is called duty tries to get, I hope they get held to a high standard because I'm super here for video games that have potential political stuff in them being held to that high standard. But if we're going to do that, we got to do it. <laughs> it can't be like, mm-hmm. Oh, this one far cry game was going to have cults in it and, and alt right stuff in it. And it didn't. So it's like going to get like hammered critically. And then if red dead does something problematic, but it's like, yeah, but the game's so good. We don't have to talk about that. I feel like that's kind of a problem in how, like, that's a critical problem. So I think I it'll think, be interesting to see. I think the differing thing, the point that would differ for me there is that Far Cry politicized itself, whereas Red Dead is politically neutral in its marketing. Uh, I mean, I think that Far Cry <laughs> politicized itself in early uh, early press event, and I don't think it's fair to hold that as a, as a piece of, I mean, it wasn't even really marketing. It's a gray area because enthusiasts are going to, it is marketing to enthusiasts, but I don't know that I, that I'm comfortable taking that early um, press showing as a, as a necessary piece when doing a critical analysis of where it went wrong. Um, So I, yeah. The people then that, that's something people like have been doing forever and i feel like it's I, th- I think there needs to be like kind of more games journalism discussion of like or just like a games community discussion of hey does an early e3 presentation mean anything for what yeah. i feel about the game just because i mean that's the type of thing that happened with no man's sky it ta- it's happened with like like watchdogs and stuff and i mean granted there are some instances where they clearly showed stuff at E3 that's not represented in the final game. But at the same time, it's like, does that, should that really matter as a part of uh, how you view a game? It's, it's hard to say. I think I it's think- a valuable service to give to consumers if they all they get is like that E3 yeah. hype stuff. And they're like, oh, wow, this game's going to do something really cool. And then suddenly, if they're getting, like, they're reading this review and they're like, oh, it's not doing it's- that at all. What? It, yeah. Or it doesn't have this like in No Man's Sky. Like, if you're like, oh, this is gonna be the like er game, and I can play it forever, and then you read a review, and you're like, oh, what was promised isn't here. Yeah, at all. I think it's a gray area. I think in the case of No Man's Sky, it actually is useful. But like again, that Far Cry thing, like unless you listen to game podcasts and watch E3 stuff, that the person that walks into the video game store did not know about that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah it- it's hard. It's uh, like I, I. It just. It also reminds me of some uh, film reviews that I've seen where, like, people expect something to be a comedy, but then when the movie actually doesn't end up being a comedy, they rate it lower. Even though, like, the one that I'm thinking of is the movie um, "Seeking a Friend for the End of the World," which I really like, um, which I think is a really sweet movie. But everybody expected it to be like this big comedy, especially since Steve Carell was uh, starring in it when it really isn't. So like the, so a lot of the people, like a lot of the reactions to it are like reactions to this is a comedy and it's not that funny when it's inherently not really a comedy. Yeah. So it's like trying to find that balance of consumer, uh, like informing the consumer of, hey, here's what the product is versus let's... Um, 
evaluate the quality of this. And I don't even know game. if I have a point. I just think it's an interesting thing to keep in mind as the year. Oh, rolls. for sure. Yeah, the box art is still that like initial promo image of like the Last Supper looking thing with the cult people all around the table. Yeah, I mean, so like I. You know, they're they're still using that like initial image and stuff. Yeah, but it still is about a Christian cult. I mean, it is yeah, about yeah, a Christian yeah. gun toting cult in Montana, definitely. Which is where a lot of the like initial speculation was coming from. Yeah, and, but it is that game still. It's just that the story that it tells isn't that compelling or like yeah. You know, biting. I mean, I would, I'd also say that the Far Cry Five announced trailer has three and a half million views on YouTube. So, I think like. Yes, we can say it doesn't reach that many people, but it reaches enough people and trickle down of information in like the Xbox One. People still think the Xbox One can't play these games. Like they talk about that on the Bombcast a lot, that people on the street still, that initial impact is passed on from people like us who are in the know down through to people like yeah, my, um, my last brother who doesn't who loves games and will watch a trailer every now and then but was also disappointed in the story in this game. Yeah, I don't necessarily mean the trailer either. I think that's a different thing. I mean more the 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 place where like people really talked about how it was gonna be political for sure was the when the when press were sitting in the room getting that announcement. Um, they did the Ubisoft thing that they've done before with Watch Dogs when that was on the E3 stage when it first got announced where they told press in the room hey, we're going really deep on this. And that's really more the part that I think that that language from them to members of the press maybe isn't something you can hold against them. The trailer is a different story, though. That And, and I don't feel that the trailer is... I don't feel that what we got is really that far removed from the tone set in the trailer for a lot of the core story stuff. The tone around it, though, is the problem that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But at least the dog has one floppy ear. Let's yeah. See how you feel when you get to the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. really interested to see what the the ending is like. Having a lot of people talked about it, I'm going to try and push through it for next week. I think. Um, I will not finish it. Oh, well, I'm sure it's awful, and I don't think the story is good. All I'm saying is that as yeah, yeah, yeah. as we go through the year, it's it'll be interesting to think about it and look back at it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I don't think this ending will be something that will be interesting to look back at. But yeah. I, No, I just mean yeah. as more games come out that mm-hmm. maybe don't handle politics well. Yeah. 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 Cool. Let's move on to the next segment of the show, which is the quiz of the week. Everybody got your question, your answer letters ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. I'm going to endeavor to keep better records this week. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, I don't currently have a running tally of who is uh, who scored what, but I do believe that Erica is still in the lead. That sounds right. After That's last week's matters. performance, she better be. <laughs> yeah, you got every question right last week, I think. Killing it. Yep. Uh, I've thrown some interesting new styles of question in this week. Again, oh, oh, true or false questions. I swear Ooh. to God, if they're for open critic questions. <laughs> <laughs> Not good trivia. <laughs> I, it's it's, an, it's the question is a form of an essay, so you gotta get <laughs> writing. You've got thirty Two seconds, five hundred words. Uh, what's the name of the friendly bear pal in Far Cry Five? Is it A. Cheeseburger, B. Hot dog, or C. Waffles? Everybody ready? 
fact that one of these is true makes me really happy. <laughs> Three, two, one, show them. Yeah. Everybody put A, you get it correct, so that's everyone. That's the only reason that we knew. <laughs> well, I knew. True or false? Golem Gates is an early access game. Wait, is it, wait, which is true? Which is it has been early access or it is currently? It's currently. And A is true, B is false. Okay. Golem Gates oh, is an early access game. A is true, B is false. Three, two, one, show them. Everybody got that right as well. It is Yay. not currently an early access game. I also pointed that out, so it's two questions I've ruined. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Yep. I pointed out the answer to a question on the first quiz we did, and I got the answer wrong. Because <laughs> I thought I was going to screw with you all because it was an early access game until like three days ago. Oh. Uh, true or false? Again, A is true, B is false. Satoru Iwata was the programmer who managed to fit all of Kanto into Johto in Pokemon Gold and Silver. That's three, two, one. Show them. Everybody, you put A. You are correct. So Yay! That's such a. It was right. such a cool thing that he did. I actually watched a video that referenced that earlier this week, so I'm like, oh, I actually knew this for sure. <laughs> I've mentioned it in a podcast earlier. Not this one, but in a previous podcast. Uh, that was that's so cool. Rest in peace, Satoru Iwata. Definitely. He was a rad dude. This is a very rad dude. Uh, the <laughs> next question coming direct to you uh, is the original room uh, was released for iPad in which year? A, 2013. B, 2012. C, 2010. Mm. Everybody ready? Three, two, one, show them. Everybody put B. You get a point, so that's everyone but Andre. I gave that one away. I forgot, I forgot <laughs> the order again. <laughs> Man, it's weird. When, you, question. when you're actually awake during the podcast, you can actually like pay attention. That's helpful. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So my final question is, uh, oh. because I didn't know what game Andre was going to talk about, I made a rough guess and thought Nino Cooney, because I figured he's probably still playing it after last week. I, but spoiled, I, I gave a hint last week. Mm, I, I, said I, was, I said I was playing something for this week. Also, I completely forgot to mention I played like 13 hours of Steam World Dig while Dig Two while on holiday. It's a very good oh, game. That's such a game, good game. Is so good. I love that uh, game. So, what is the name of the protagonist in Nino Kuni: The Wrath of the White Witch? Is it A. Barry? Is it B. Oliver? Or is it C. Thomas? I also accidentally. I, I was hoping this. you were going to ask a question about Hot Troit. <laughs> I actually was going to ask a question about Hot Troit, <laughs> and I had it written down. And I decided it wasn't fu it wasn't funny enough. Okay, um, so let's see your answers. Three, two, one, go. So everybody put B. You are correct. So that looks like everyone but Erica. Oh, Erica yeah, didn't have another queen. Bad suite. week. Wow. <laughs> That looks like Erica. You missed one question out of five. No, no, two, two out of five. Yeah. Uh, but 
Alex and Alison got all five. So no news this week. No news is good news, some would argue. Um, (laughs) I think there was... I don't think there was any big gaming news this week, actually. I didn't catch much. But again, I was offline most of the week on holiday. What did I miss? Anything interesting? Any new no Nintendo Sky dicks? getting a expansion, if you care about that. <laughs> no Man's Sky oh. coming to the Xbox, but that's a different podcast, because today we're talking about... Yeah, I have a news item, but I'll give it to you next week. <laughs> Ooh. Um, today we're talking about wrestling. Yeah. Specifically... Rassel Kingdom 12. Yeah. Erica, would you like to introduce a little bit of, uh, talk a little bit about the show? Sure. Um, so, Wrestle Kingdom is kind of the, the Super Bowl of, or the WrestleMania of New Japan for wrestling, which it's their, it's their big show of the year. It's like right after New Year's um, and it's kind of just sets things up for what's going to go on the rest of the year. And usually every title is on the line, which it was the case this time as well. And it's just a fun time. Super long. <laughs> yeah, it was long. Yeah, it was long. <laughs> That's um, our review, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, so we all watched it. Yeah. Were all of us fans of wrestling beforehand or were some of us yeah, not? Yeah, let's go through and talk about ahead. our wrestling Alex, why don't you start? What, what was, what's your experience with wrestling? Um, prior to this, I had watched a little bit of WWF when I was in elementary school, just because <laughs> it would be on at Friends. And at age nine, I was like, this is super not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I never really watched it up until watching Wrestle Kingdom with y'all. Yeah. I have watched WrestleMania 17 about nine times. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Nine times. <laughs> My university pals and I would get drunk and watch WrestleMania 17. So <laughs> like, that I'm also ages me, if anyone's w- interested. Why? why? Oh, because the main event was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Oh, I yeah. did see that, actually. I did yeah, yeah, see yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, was that uh, Stone Cold's last match? Yep. Yes. Yeah. That was the the anniversary of his last match was just the other day. Oh, then it's so, WrestleMania X seven. All right, it's not seventeen. Oh, they sorry. got very they got very serious about X seven. <laughs> so we used to uh, set up two TVs in our living room and have a burnout <laughs> two crash party on one and watch WrestleMania seventeen <laughs> and drink on the other. You guys knew how to live. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that and I watched every uh, appearance by Stephen Amell in the WWE on YouTube. <laughs> what about New Japan? He's in... Oh, he's in he Ring of in... Honor. Yeah, he was in Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah. I did not. Did, I decided to watch that after the first one was kind of enough. Yeah, he's uh, an official member of the Bullet Club. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. He's got a shirt that says Vigilante Club on. It's pretty cool. It's a nice shirt. I... Can I buy that shirt? You can, pro wrestling tees. <laughs> they don't pay us. Stop saying that. Yeah, that's how you know that Sam's not that into wrestling, because he asked the question, can I buy that shirt? <laughs> you can buy every shirt. <laughs> you can buy everything. They'll sell you the belts. They'll sell you everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh... Also, uh, I'd like to point out a few things, uh, but I'll let everyone go first because I'm going to probably have to drop off soon because it's almost 1am. 
Allison, what's your what's your background with wrestling? Uh, this is literally the first time I've ever seen any wrestling. Um, <laughs> I just never grew up with it. Uh, none of my family watches wrestling. I didn't know any friends growing up that watched wrestling. So it's just one of those things that I knew existed, but I just never really thought to look into. Um, mostly just because I have n- no idea how I would have gotten into that. Yeah. So yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen any wrestling, which is which is like a wrestling senpai to get you into it yeah yeah well i mean uh uh erica alex and i all watched it together and that was really helpful because i was uh that and erica's notes because i was i was like oh okay there's some context here that i could kind of get because i had no idea about any of it and so (laughs) it was interesting reading all those notes yeah uh andre uh i watched some as a kid i don't I, I remember Chris Jericho. I really liked Chris Jericho. Uh, so that was, was great for WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, but then around WrestleMania 30, I got into, got back into WWE, Ooh. like right after WrestleMania 30, because I heard the show was really good. Then I went back and watched it, and that show was really good. And then I fell off like a year ago. I was watching like everything WWE did for like oh, two, did, three years, and then I fell off much. a year ago. It's, did you or did you not catch? I can't remember now the timeline. That awful KO and Chris Jericho run. I, I fell off in like the midst of that, like the list. Oh, oh, it was a. Friends. It was a it was a good thing at first. I I, I, I fell off right as it, like their friendship was deteriorating. <laughs> it did not end in a good way. It was a bad bad uh, uh, yeah. storyline. Uh, I I convinced some friends to watch WrestleMania 32. I think it's <laughs> a good one. Uh, it was the one. Eh, I don't think or was it. Uh, it was one of them where it. Oh fuck! Which one was it? <laughs> It was the one where John Cena couldn't wrestle, but he so he saved The Rock from the Wyatt family. Oh, is that, uh, this is thirty four. I think no. it's 30, it might have been thirty one. I don't know. Uh, the, the WrestleMania is so hit and miss. <laughs> I'm going to watch this year though because Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Pat. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in a house where like wrestling was not allowed. Um, and was told it was stupid like for most of my youth. Um, and so I like didn't even look at it until I was in my twenties. And then, um, giant bomb actually got me into checking it out. Cause I was like, wow, they're going to do a wrestling podcast. And I really like these guys. It must not be as stupid as I think. <laughs> and then I got like super, super hooked. That was around, I don't know, whenever the, that, podcast started which i think was like yeah. uh four years ago um it was it was before wrestlemania 30 sorry yeah. are you talking about the power bomb cast <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. The, the power bomb cast um and the, i got like super invested and i went back and watched monday night war i watched a ton of old wrestlemanias one of my best friends is a huge wrestling fan so as soon as i got into it he was like let's watch all this wrestling <laughs> so i just immersed myself and watched hundreds of hours of wrestling over the course of a couple of years um now i tune in for the big pay-per-views i keep a network subscription because i like to go back and watch old matches sometimes i'm pretty meh on wwe's product right now um i think wrestlemania looks like it could be good but this is the first time i've ever gotten into any kind of wrestling outside of wwe except for watching shinsuke nakamura matches 
Um, but I never have watched a full pay-per-view of New Japan or any other Japanese wrestling uh, or any other non-WWE wrestling for that matter. I've got some DDT videos you need to watch. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm actually a fairly new wrestling fan, um, despite it like being my whole life now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I about a year ago ish now, I got really into New Japan. Um, I was never a WWE person. I had I had friends who were into it. So it was kind of like in the background, like I kind of knew who some of the big guys were just not. I wasn't really a big, big fan or anything. I wasn't watching it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I've seen probably the last seven Royal Rumbles because um, my my husband uh, it, was really into wrestling as a child and then fell off, uh, you know, in like high school age ish and then got back into it. And so we were kind of watching the pay-per-views and while we were dating, I was like, oh, the Royal Rumble is actually super interesting because somebody new is coming in every, you know, 30 seconds is a minute. 90 90 90 seconds seconds. and so you know that that held my attention a lot more as a somebody who didn't care about that um and so i i've I've watched all of those and then new japan i heard um there's a a wrestling uh journalist dave Meltzer, who um he's like you know he's been writing about wrestling uh, like forever he's he's like up there in terms of people who have written the most words ever because he puts out a newsletter on like pretty much every <laughs> wrestling show every week um and he gave uh, kenny omega and uh okada they had a match at last wrestle kingdom he gave it six stars and he his rating is out of five stars so i uh, you know that interests me because I decided to check it out, and then he gave another one of their matches six and a quarter stars because he said it was better than that one. So I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, maybe there's something here," and it turns out there's something there, <laughs> and I super like it a lot. I watch everything New Japan puts out, um, and I now I watch also some WWE. I watch NXT, their like developmental stuff, um, which I think is really really good, and um, I watch like the big pay per views for the WWE, but that's about it. I've actually been thinking about watching SmackDown also. <laughs> but, when yeah. I stopped, SmackDown was the better of the two shows. Yeah, like I I care about Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I feel like I should care more about AJ Styles than I do. His, his hair is so good. It's terrible. It's so he looks good. like an old man with it's like a, boy band hair. Soccer mom hair. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For what it's worth though, as it is 1am in the, the UK, I would yes. love to hear Sam's thoughts on this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, tell me Sam, what's going on? <laughs> Let's kick it off. Uh, I have several questions. Okay. Number one, are the Bullet Club good guys or bad guys? Because some of them look like bad guys, and some yeah. of them look like good guys. They're a heel stable, technically. Um, so the Bullet Club, actually, right now, actually, right after um, this all happened at Wrestle Kingdom, is divided right now. And it's kind of like, if you're Team Kenny, you're you're a baby face. And if you're Team Cody, you're a heel. But it's uh, it's kind of... They're technically heels, but I feel like there's not a lot of 
they're, heel, heels in wrestling, you know, like you're not, you're, you're supposed to like them. You can like them. They're, they're bad guys because they're disrespectful. They don't speak Japanese, even though yeah. they work in Japan. Uh, Kenny, and, Kenny Omega, yeah. he speaks fluent Japanese and he speaks to the crowd, like with the mic all the time in English, because that's like a dick thing to do. Cause they all know he can speak in Japanese and you know, it's yeah, they, they kind of just do disrespectful things or they're foreigners obsessed with guns or the bullet club you know it's just <laughs> they're they're meant to be heels but everybody loves them though right like that's not a mis, mis- like I, my perception is that like everyone loves them um everybody in america loves them okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Good. that's 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 the answer i was trying to get at is yes um so in in i don't think the they don't have like a ton of heat on them. I would say actually Suzuki Goon is probably the most hated uh, faction in in New Japan in Japan at the moment um, because I, they have I a lot of interference. Yeah, but, they seem like dick. Those guys are dicks. <laughs> yeah, they're dicks, but they're fun. I like them. <laughs> uh, is what the Suzuki Goon guy that was in the boring match the gauntlet? Here. The guy oh, the, he had like. Gauntlet full-on like thunderbolt fancy outfit on oh like, tai a, chi like, wait oh, wait and, like, what were we talking about i'm sorry uh it's there's, I, right there's three dudes there's tai chi who's got like the hair like like he's got yeah, bangs and, and stuff hair, and he had a mask on and he had like yes. a cool big collar and yeah, like what looked like a sword so tai chi is hated in japan <laughs> because he, he has like a ring he has a ring girl that comes out with him miho abe and one time her top broke off like she had like a like a like a bra thing and the clasp just broke and tai chi put it back on for her and she got booed really aggressively for it and uh now they chant go home tai chi a lot <laughs> <laughs> but now actually he's actually he's getting over he uh he just moved up to heavyweight and people seem to like him a lot more now but i think he's great <laughs> so i have a few i took a few notes in the, the first business. few matches and uh i have one oh actually the one thing i was gonna say is i'll leave it for later but i'll read out all the notes okay. uh my favorite match in the entire thing was the rumble at the beginning <laughs> really uh because of lots of extremely good characters Mm-hmm. Uh, so first off, I wrote, "There's a ref in the Rumble." I didn't know there was a. I didn't think there was a ref in WWE. If I've seen it, so uh, there is a ref. Yeah, in, in, uh, the Rumble in WWE. Stand out right. There's like four of them or more. Yeah. My next note is: Is everyone here a jobber, or are some of them normally high build? Um, they're not. I would say some of them are a lot of them are older guys. Some of them are like mid carters that they're just trying to make sure get paid and stuff. Um, I would say that there are a lot of them also are young lions that are either recently coming up or they're like about to graduate. Like, um, like the guy with the teeth, the big dude, Kitamura, he's, he's about to graduate. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, definitely a guy to watch if you can imagine he was a an amateur wrestler and got busted for steroid use so now he's a pro wrestler (laughs) yeah Uh, Um, i did not guess that at all yeah i would say most of these guys are mid cards or juniors that weren't going to be in one of the junior matches um but yeah i mean it's not out of the question to see some of these guys win things so uh i put 
the next bullet point is a bullet club seems good, which I think I reiterated in several yeah. other bullet points. It's good. Lots of mask ripping here. I feel like there's a solid two minutes of people risk trying to take each other's masks off. I which think I feel like is very important. I don't know. Stuff. I don't know about Japan, but in Lucha Libre, that's yeah. like incredibly disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah, that's like yeah. the that's like the worst thing you can do. It's true across wrestling, as I understand mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, the other thing too with with masks is like, especially in in lucha, if you keep your identity hidden long enough, if you have a mask versus mask uh, match, you can draw a lot of money for it because you know, yeah. like that's gonna essentially tell everybody who you are so you know you can get a big payday for a mask versus mask match there was a there was a real good bit in wwe where hornswoggle ripped the mask off el torito who they were both like minis but then el torito had another mask underneath his mask (laughs) yeah is is it is it sting that always dresses up as himself yeah he wears a sting mask and then he takes it off and it's sting (laughs) (laughs) He like stands oh. in the crowd and then he like rips off the mask. Like, it's me. Pretty good. <laughs> um, Wrestling. Okay. Next bullet point: Juicy Gino Gambino. And then I've just written extremely good. Yeah, he's brand new. He actually just joined the Bullet Club. They went to uh, Australia for the first time, like last month, I think it was. Um, and yeah, he's just joined the Bullet Club. I think he's coming for, to New Japan full time, but that was the first time I had ever seen him. I didn't really know anything about him other than he's a big meatball. <laughs> next, next line. Doesn't seem to be as big a focus on physique here as in the WWE. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that. You, you'd be surprised. There's some not. There's in, some beefy guys. There's some guys in WWE that don't look great for sure. Yeah. Chris Jericho. Um, so shut your mouth about rock and roll, Dad. <laughs> Just like, why is no one in WWE capable of growing a full beard? It's like you have a goatee. Dan, I need to introduce nothing. you to a, a young man by the name of Daniel Bryan, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are exceptions that prove the rule. Uh, my next note is uh, in all caps: Tokyo Pimp with lots of exclamation points. <laughs> Pretty, yeah, pretty uh, I I was literally crying as he came up. <laughs> this is why the Rumble's the best because it showed me all these super weird like gimmicks. Yeah, like, he just comes to the room with this like hot bunny woman. He was the only one who had like accompaniment, and he had a pimp cane, but he was wearing like leather shorts and a leather waistcoat, which said Tokyo Pimp on it multiple times. He's so also he the great. only Japanese member of the Bullet Club, if you care about that at all. But um, yeah, I definitely care girl, about the Bullet Club more now. Is there his, a Pimp Club T-shirt that I can buy? Um, I, I, I think it says Pimps Club. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> um, yeah, Yujiro has Peter, who is his ring girl. Peter is dating Bad Luck Fale, who you saw in the Gauntlet match, which I think is kind of an odd pairing. I don't know what they talk about, but you know. <laughs> but whatever to each their own i guess <laughs> but yeah i i kind of really like future it's uh, it's not a great look but i kind of like them anyway my next bullet point is dot 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 love cheeseburger question mark <laughs> it's just so, cheeseburger. <laughs> not I'm, love cheeseburger i'm sure the guy kept calling him love cheeseburger and i don't I, know why maybe he loves cheeseburger <laughs> yeah uh, so, 
cheeseburger mm. is extremely popular with Japanese women. They I love, love him. He's like, I guess they think he's super cute, but he's like, you know, five eight and like one hundred and twenty pounds. He's like <laughs> tiny. Like- the commentator goes, this guy is 105 pounds whilst holding a five pound rock. <laughs> Which is a good joke. Yeah, he's also a, a trainer at Ring of Honor because he's good at training jobbers to be jobbers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Seems exactly accurate. Uh, my, next t- my next note, and uh, forgive me for the crassness of this note, but I was trying to be quick while typing it, just says... Cancer Man's shirt just says WATER on it in all caps. I think we pointed that out, Erica. (laughs) My next note says, nobody's going to beat Cancer Man. He's beating Cancer. He's going to beat the Rumble. (laughs) My final line is, this is exactly what I wanted. Cancer Man versus Love Cheeseburger for the finale. Sam, you need to watch more wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I have several really, really short notes for the other matches, which I kind of did and didn't take notes for. Um, Number one, Young Bucks are really obnoxiously chewing gum, and I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Next, my next bullet bullet point is, I hate Young Bucks. (laughs) Two separate bullet points. Uh, next bullet point, Rapongi 3K are great. The, my favorite thing about Rapongi is that Dave Lang spent an entire podcast once talking about getting drunk in Rapongi. <laughs> More than Rocky just one. Good. <laughs> uh, aren't tag teams two people? First New Day, now these fellas. No, oh, there, there's you know, three, there's trios, the trios championship. Rapongi 3K had the best outfits of any Japanese wrestlers. Like, yeah, hands down. Pretty good. Their, their tights were good. <laughs> Uh, next match uh, was match three because I think you told me to skip the next one. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my notes are British man exclamation point. Is that same monster Jr.? dude? Question point question mark. Dynasty Warriors looking guy. Is that a sword? <laughs> this match is boring. <laughs> Those are my four bullet points for that match. Yeah, Zack Saber Jr. just won the New Japan Cup. He's he's really great this year, but he's not great in. <laughs> in Wrestle Kingdom, but he's 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 doing it. He's really actually you would really like him. He's a vegan and he's all about like yelling backstage about like uh, people getting off their high horses and then like on that note, Japan needs to bloody stop eating horses and <laughs> things like that. Uh so very quickly, I I forgot to mention in the what do you know about wrestling thing that one of my friends is an amateur wrestler. Uh, and does wrestles in a, several promotions in the UK, um, and I think he's quite good. And I went to see him in a rumble, which was like his first match because he was still a jobber. Um, and Zack Sabre Jr. was definitely in that rumble, Ooh. so uh, or at least somebody who looked a lot like him uh, was he's in that rumble. Distinct. He's very yeah. skinny. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. Also, the guy Will Osprey. I saw a guy who was wrestled as, under the name Danny Jones, who looked exactly like him. Uh, but yeah, Will Osprey was great. Um, uh, all I felt like all the outfits were subpar versus WWE stuff that I've seen, like all the in-ring attire. Wings, girl, the wings. 
that was just like weird steampunk like plague doctor and i was not there for that theme but it was well made yeah he he tweeted about how difficult it was to get those wings on an airplane (laughs) and that he hoped everybody appreciated them Um, yeah, the wings were good, but I think you should have sacked off the mask and the top hat. Because anytime we see a top hat, it reminds me of the, the Bim Bam episode where they dress Griffin in a top hat and he keeps referring to himself as Jumericoi's dad. <laughs> um, yeah, I only I, I didn't take many notes after this because I realized that taking notes was like actively distracting me from watching Russell Kingdom. Uh, so I only had a few notes, uh, like a few things that I wanted to talk about. Um, obviously, Kenny Omega is my favorite person uh, because A, he came to the ring in a full suit of Destiny armor. Uh, and he was just a great, he was really interesting to watch. He was fun. Uh, that match was probably my f- second favorite to the Rumble and like was probably the actual favorite in terms of quality. Uh, his uh, trousers are great like the big Omega symbol on the butt uh, and the fact that they kind of look like a superhero outfit was really good. Uh, I really liked, um, I didn't like the last match at all. Um, and I didn't like the hero Suzuki, is it Hito and Suzuki? Oh, oh it, Goto. Goto and Suzuki. Close. <laughs> um, Hiroki is Oh, there we go. I knew they were calling him Hero. Um, Yeah, I didn't like that match at all. I like the Jay White match. Um, I thought that his coat coming to the ring was extremely good, and I remember that specifically. Uh, So it must have been very cool. And I was literally like Googling Jay White coat. So obviously that's a good time. Uh, I had, uh, I think... The taking the notes at the beginning, like I was like, I'm gonna have to take notes because it's six hours, and I did. I've I've already, even though it was like five hours ago, forgotten a lot of the things that happened in it. Um, but like, uh, I enjoyed it so much more when I wasn't trying to take notes. Um, uh, and yeah, the Will Ospreay match was really really good. Um, Will Ospreay in particular was fun to watch, although his outfit is terrible. Uh, one of my other notes, what I did actually make down here was, is it a, a law that all wrestlers have bad hair? Um, the <laughs> Japanese wrestlers in particular had extremely bad anime hair. Yeah. Um, one of the guys in the Fatal 4-Way that actually like anime. red ends, red tip, dyed tips on Hero. his hair. Yeah. Yeah, like all of the everyone who had trousers with like tassels on the boots i was instantly against i was like that's not aerodynamic uh also oh yeah one last question very last question do all the heels chew gum is that a thing (laughs) honestly i've never noticed it and i guess it's a thing (laughs) because like the young bucks came down the the ramp obnoxiously chewing gum and i was like oh these guys are pricks and then like when they got to the ring i was like oh they'll spit it out and it'll be a cool thing they'll like push it in someone's face but they didn't they just obnoxiously chewed gum for the entire match (laughs) like being thrown out of the ring off the floor like bounced around still like gum in their mouths so uh and cody did the same thing cody came to the ring chewing gum and i was like come on man like um, yeah, I don't know. 
I guess it's a I, thing. I had the thought that it might be a cover for speaking. So like when they're giving directions to the other wrestler, they have to talk. Mm. I was like, maybe chewing the gum is a cover for that. And they're just not good at talking in the ring. But then I was like, wait, Cody's doing it. Cody's great. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they are there to kick ass and chew bubble gum, but they weren't quite out of bubble gum yet. So they need to finish. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have a better explanation? I don't think so. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of wrestling and bubblegum, what do you guys think of John Cena playing Duke Nukem? <laughs> oh my god. I'm we, kind of we talked about this. We had a conversation yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, You're yeah right. especially we also talked about how he like everybody thought he was gonna be BJ Blaskowitz, but then actually was like, never mind. Yeah. Duke Nukem. Anyways, Japan. Look. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm here for it. I'm Sam here for is a seven year old boy. Yeah. Uh, I went to a wrestling themed 30th birthday party where we all had to dress up as wrestlers and I dressed as John Cena, which is the third time in my life I've dressed up as John Cena for a costume party. <laughs> uh, and at this particular costume party, they were handing out wristbands and uh, I have kept this John Cena one on my water bowl because I think hustle, loyalty, respect is the funniest catchphrase that anyone has ever had. Stop funny. It's really <laughs> it's a, funny. It's a way of also, I'm kidding. <laughs> the professor of thugonomics is extremely funny. Isn't he a doctor? Isn't it the doctor of thugonomics? Or is it professor? I don't even remember. Yeah, I, you know, he teaches thugonomics. He doesn't practice it. So I think he's a professor. You should go, you should subscribe to a free trial for the network to watch like his, the story of John Cena. There's like a, a, like a video track. You can watch like 15 matches or historic matches of his and they go back to his old shit when he was the prototype. It is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, my my thing about John Cena, a lot of people talk to me about how John Cena is extremely, extremely good at being wrestled too. Like he takes wrestling very well, but is not like, but the character they made for him was terrible. And the fact that he couldn't lose was really annoying. John Cena, the wrestler is really lame. John Cena, the person pretty cool. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm a, I'm not a good wrestling fan because i like everything about john cena i like john cena the wrestler i like watching john cena beat everyone i like john cena as a person i like everything about john cena <laughs> I, uh, I really like john cena as well i really like john cena and the trademark he could just be the world heavyweight champion forever and i'd be fine uh, with it okay so back uh, thoughts on the last match you didn't like the last match no uh, i fell asleep during the last match uh, i <laughs> Did have to move upstairs to watch the wrestling in bed because I didn't want to uh, force my fiance to watch six hours of Japanese wrestling. Um, <laughs> cool, cool. So I took my laptop upstairs and finished it off in bed the last three hours. Um, and uh, obviously, I was lying on the bed, having a great time. I was very, very happy after watching a good match with Kenny and uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name now. Um, it's Jericho. But, Jericho. Oh, Jericho. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was like, that was a great match. That was a really cool main event. Oh, there's another match. <laughs> uh, and just kind of fell asleep during it because it wasn't super interesting. Um, I think I had a similar problem to what Andre said uh, in our private chat, not on this podcast, but that if you didn't know anyone in the match, you weren't that interested. Um, and of course, there were a couple of matches that had British people in, and I'm always like, you know, British people in things. I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> Where are you from? Harpenden, Nessie. <laughs> uh, I 
instantly googled them all and was like what part of the england are they from uh so that there's not many people here so you know there's a chance that someone i know knows them it'd be an exciting time um there was one other there was one other uh gimmick i wanted to tell you about because it's not they didn't talk about it at all um in the rumble there's like an older dude named manabu nakanishi and his shirt says monster morning on it and monster mornings are just the really large breakfasts he loves to eat every morning (laughs) and he takes pictures and posts them on twitter he takes some of the young lions out for monster mornings and it's just like the tables are full of like a ton of little bowls of food he just loves to eat a really big breakfast (laughs) you ever ever seen like a rocks cheat day it's like 60 pancakes and like Like the rocks cheat days he eats like four pizzas oh my god it's insane for a lunch <laughs> i once went out for pizza with joe casada ex-publisher from marvel comics and he ordered two pizzas and slowly and methodically ate through both of them <laughs> that's impressive yeah he was a big guy but still damn all right. Um, I think I should pull out at yeah. this point because it's about half past one, and I'll let the serious real wrestling talk occur. Serious. Uh, not just my comments on chewing gum and hating the Young Bucks. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone for letting me participate, even though uh, I was bad and left it all right till the last minute. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks for watching uh, it. I know it was a slog for you, and I appreciate your effort. Uh, I watched it wrong. I think. Uh, I think next time I'll know what not to do. If that makes sense. I like, think next time I'll pick a storyline and not a whole pay per view. <laughs> in I think it's similar to me with anime that my attention can super drift if I'm not paying attention. If I'm not, if I'm not super into it, mm-hmm. my attention can just completely drop off. And there were a couple of matches where I was like, oh, "Wait, I don't think I've watched this match yet," and I had to <laughs> rewind it a little bit. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, uh, thanks for putting it, uh, putting us onto it because it it's always good to broaden your horizon to something new. I've never watched Japanese pro wrestling, and I have actually always been had like a mild interest in wrestling and the sort of thing that I would like to get into. But I mean, we talked previously. I can't get into things unless I know or have seen every facet of them. <laughs> now, I'm sure we'll come to this at some point when we do a comic review. And someone's like, oh, let's just read this volume of Captain Marvel. And I'm like, okay, give me three weeks to read the first 200 issues. <laughs> I, uh, I put some links in the chat. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Yoshihiko and Kenny Omega versus someone that you should watch. I read a very long Medium article about the Golden Lovers. Uh, yes. That's, that's that like my favorite lover? thing. Yeah, that's nice. But just watch these videos I link to. Oh, also... <laughs> Cody is incredible. Big fan. Uh, he's best heel in the business, in my opinion. He's incredibly good, and I can't believe the WWE let him go. It's very well, strange. He, he asked for he asked it because they were treating him like shit. Yeah. Mm. He was uh, a jobber. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, everyone. Uh, I'll speak to you all next week. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Okay. Right. New Japan. Yes. <laughs> Here okay. We go. Rumble. So, uh, for, yeah, the Rumble. I, I missed this match. I It wasn't, I don't know, mm. I didn't see it. Okay, well, I mean, pretty much it's it's kind of meant to be just so everybody gets paid. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So, you know, there was some surprise entrance. It was Delirious, who I don't really have anything to say about him other than he wrestles barefoot and that scares me. <laughs> like, I don't no. want to see anybody <laughs> break their Rusev, toes. Rusev wrestles barefoot. Does he? Ooh, scary. He puts, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to him. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Cheeseburger. Well, I mean, he's been in the last couple of Rumbles, I think, too, but it's just always nice to see Cheeseburger whenever he's out. And then, of course, uh, Masahita, Masahito Ka- Kakihara, who was a New Japan wrestler for a short amount of time, beat cancer recently, and then was raising money for another wrestler, Yoshihiro Takayama, who was paralyzed from the shoulders down last year due to like a spinal cord injury in a match and yeah they've a lot of wrestlers suzuki in particular has also been raising a lot of money for him they were good friends and uh it just you know his family's struggling to you take care of him and so it's you know it's feel good the dude beat cancer he's beating the, the rumble as sam said and it's just you know it's not it's never meant to be amazing but it's feel good at least uh allison and alex i'd love to hear your thoughts on the rumble because rumbles are usually like a good fun goofy thing to for like someone who's not into wrestling to yeah watch. that's uh, what i got into I, I feel like it was actually the hardest match for me to watch mostly because i feel like the other matches had a like a lot more going on i guess like i mean there's a lot going on here but i feel like a lot of the time they just kind of like shoving each other around and i'm like considering this is literally the first wrestling I've ever watched. I'm like, okay, I don't feel like they're wrestling. They're just kind of shoving each other around. Oh, I guess they're, that guy's pinned now, or I guess that guy's leaving. I was, it was a lot of, it was, it was a lot. So it was a little bit, honestly. Yeah, I would say the same, but it did have the most amount of dumb per minute. So I could appreciate it that. Did. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was fun seeing all the different gimmicks, which I feel like was the thing that, spoke to me most was all the dumb you know gimmicks of of all the wrestlers and, and, think, and more than more so than the sport it was just like oh his thing is big breakfast which i which i still have kind of latched on to <laughs> I, I love that gimmick and if i was a wrestler i would be doing the exact same thing rumbles are kind of a double-edged sword because it's like you do get to see all the gimmicks and stuff but when they don't have the full ring to work it doesn't produce as the quality of wrestling is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get to see a lot of like silly stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. I think I appreciate uh, the silly stuff, such as dude walking yeah. out with a a stuffed hamburger, stuffed <laughs> <laughs> cheeseburger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like for me, it, I mean, obviously, I know who most of these people are. Um, I would say Chino Gambino is really the only one I don't know well. It, it, for me, it's it's a lot about seeing the young lions and going in and seeing what they can do. And it's kind of, I mean, they, they open shows a lot, but they don't get to work very long or long matches. And so it's kind of nice to see them like Leo Tonga is kind of my young lion to watch other than the fact that I think he's very handsome, but (laughs) we, um, you know, he's kind of, he's really good in the ring and he's been very interesting. Um, Kitamura is also a young lion who I thought was, is, also kind of one to watch toa hanari just graduated into the main roster as well that's what the new japan rumble is for me anyway is there a is there a benefit to winning the rumble like do you get like a title shot for one of the things or like a trophy or a plat i don't know do you get anything or is it just you get get, get, okay you just you get paid okay okay (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I can't even remember who won last year. That's how much it kind of doesn't matter, honestly. Okay. That, well, yeah, that's disappointing. He, at yeah. least like in like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale and WrestleMania, like there's a trophy and people get their name on it. I feel like mm. they should do that. But... Maybe they could do a trophy. I don't know. I don't watch every bit of like the the mm-hmm. behind the scenes stuff. So, I mean, there, there are interviews and stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. they hold a trophy. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, New Japan is like way less into like the pomp and circumstance of like, oh, we've got all these like specific awards for all these things. So we yeah. can have all these talking points about all our wrestlers. Okay. It's just yeah. like, it's a lot about. It's a lot about like, oh, here's the wrestling they did, not, oh, they have like this streak, at least from my experience with it. I'm not super deep on it, but it's a lot of, they have this like storied history with this person and with this person. So I just looked up who won last year. Um, It's actually a wrestler, the only wrestler for New Japan that I actively hate, (laughs) and that is Michael Elgin. Um, Uh, Yeah, he he won that last year and i would say that that's probably because he is built up to be kind of the the most popular dude he just didn't have another match to be in i think not like a surprise return i I thought i read something it might be that was kind of where i got into new japan so i don't actually know for sure what his background is there and um don't like him very much so <laughs> okay well so moving on to the next match which was yeah. young bucks versus two 3k okay okay this yes. got 3k so i thought there were three people so i thought it was in the <laughs> in the six-man tag okay so yeah. yes young bucks first uh were the challengers for the tag inner iwgp junior heavyweight tag team championship <laughs> oh. Uh, I got it yes. down. That's why. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this was a match I enjoyed because I know who the Young Bucks are just from reading about wrestling and hearing about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So, so uh, Rapungi 3K are kind of two recent dojo graduates uh, who they were Young Lions and then they just came back from excursion in the United States where they were called the Tempura Boys because their names are Sho and Yo and Sho Yo is soy sauce. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Young Bucks are kind of, they're kind of, um, their gimmick is kind of being wrestling fanboys. So a lot of their things like they have a move called like the indie taker and things like that the their finisher is the cease and desist which is because they recently received a cease and desist letter <laughs> from the wwe for using the too sweet and uh they can't use that anymore <laughs> um and it's fucking it's- stupid yeah, apparently apparently if they actually decided to go to court with it the young bucks would probably win yeah because who wants to do that they don't have yeah they don't have the money compared to the wwe who has endless money pretty much so yeah. you know um but yeah this the, what i thought was funny about the season desist though is that it's a combination of the sharpshooter and the crossface so the sharpshooter is brett hart's finisher who uh, famously was fucked over by the WWE at some point, and uh, he they just don't have a great well they didn't have a great relationship. It's better now, and the crossface is Chris Benoit's finisher, who famously murdered his whole family. So <laughs> the idea of them putting that in a move together and calling it the cease and desist is very funny to me. 
murder suicide <laughs> murder suicide <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, what you guys think of this one um I, I feel like I don't have a whole lot to say about uh, the individual matches, to be perfectly honest. I thought it was entertaining. This this was like one of the, the more memorable ones for me, um, mostly because the I feel like Young Bucks kind of have their gimmick down, I guess. Like they have they know how to be entertaining to a crowd. And yeah. and Rapogi 3K had a very like their they had the good outfits, too. So, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know if I have much more to but say, to be there, honest. There's the moment where they just start like kicking each other's partner like in the back yeah like they're just like they're like i think i don't remember which one is which but matt and yo are the ones getting kicked yeah yeah so they're just like on their knees and i think like their backs have been giving out and that was like part of the match i was gonna gonna say was this person is just kicking their partner in the back over and over like i was gonna ask if this was the match with all the back injuries yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. matt and yo are both legitimately hurt in their backs (laughs) like before this even happened um and yeah so i mean in in new japan if you're injured unless you are really legitimately like gonna die they always go after your injury because like why wouldn't they they were trying to sell it you know but yeah yeah. uh so there's that and then there's also like the um like the dueling submission holds which is pretty fun yeah uh, the slaps (laughs) slapping each other in the face and then there's also the moment where is it nick who's in uh He's like trying to tap out, but then Matt grabs his hand. He's like, "No, you can't tap out." <laughs> the opposite, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't know. Who, I, I know who the Young Bucks are. I don't know anything about them. That's what's yeah. down their fate. They have, they are, they have literal baby faces. <laughs> they do. I felt uh, like it, the match, that match in particular, felt like it drug on a little bit longer than it yeah, needed to yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like watching it. I was like, I kind of hope not every match is this drawn out um, and then they all were <laughs> <laughs> that one i noticed it more than the other ones yeah uh yeah so moving on the next match is uh the never open weight six-man tag team championship featuring bullet club who are the champions versus chaos versus michael elgin and war machine versus suzuki goon versus taguchi japan yeah so before we do anything match. i want to say mike elgin is a nightmare <laughs> in my life. I don't like that he wrestles for New Japan. I don't like that he's employed with New Japan. He's a garbage person. He like essentially he had he has his own or he had his own wrestling promotion in Canada and he employed a guy who sexually assaulted somebody. Um, the lady who was sexually assaulted contacted him on Twitter. And she was like, hey, this is a thing that happened to me. And he's like, okay, then call the cops about it. And then, if that's not bad enough, (laughs) he stayed in contact with her and um, started cheating on his wife with that lady. And said uh, she she posted a lot of his tweets. um, I mean, a lot of his his, uh, texts to her, which included lines like, blow me or don't text me and things like that he's just he's just a shit person i don't like him i don't like i hope he never wins a title i don't want to see him in new japan it's just i got all my issues with mike elgin that being said war machine is great they just signed to nxt i'm super excited about it they're like high flyers but they're enormous (laughs) yeah they're really cool that was what i took out i could not follow this match 
like even as someone who's watched a fair bit of wrestling, I this match was like I was like I can't I can't even track uh, what's happening. I, I, yeah. I like that Zack Saber Jr. was in it, and yeah. that was about all I could follow in this match. Yeah, um, the only thing I will also say is that the winners chaos, um, which were Beretta, um, Tomohiro Ishii, who if you ask me most days who my favorite wrestler is it is tomohiro ishii and toriano uh they're they're from chaos and uh chaos was started by shinsuke nakamura which was a fun fact for pat but he's going to watch oh basketball I can, I can, right can, now okay no no no, no. <laughs> okay. uh, i'm yeah. taking the dog out but i can hear you because okay. i have a wireless headset so it's great yeah so that's really that's yeah that's pretty much all i had to say about it if anybody else has anything else they want to say about it all right, uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to Cody, Cody, the American Nightmare versus Kota Ibushi, which was the first match that was like, okay, I'm into this. And that's that because I, could, match. I knew who both people were, which was like the first time on this show where I was like, oh, I know everyone who's in this match. Uh, and it's, it's good. Kota Ibushi is pr- one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And he's incredible. And everyone like, should love him. Yes. I'm constantly afraid he's going to die in the ring, though, because he's, like, always taking humongous neck bumps for no reason. Yeah, he's had multiple, like, spinal injuries. Yeah. But uh, the other thing I think is funny is that um, the, the WWE owns the name Cody Rhodes. So they they made Brandy's uh, wrestling name Brandy Rhodes so they can say Cody and Brandy Rhodes without an issue. <laughs> that's really good. I did not know that that's why I was like I that. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's real dumb. Uh, so this being like the first singles match uh, that Allison and Alex were able to see on this show. Thoughts? Uh-huh. Did we skip this match? We skipped some. Is I know that, that we skipped them? some, but I don't remember what? which ones we did. Why? Um, it was just that there wasn't any setup to it, and it wasn't for a title. Uh, oh, and we cares. were low on time. Oh. <laughs> This match uh, is just, I mean, oh man, Cody Rhodes is a crossroads to Ibushi off the apron onto the ramp. It's brutal. It is. Uh, It's pretty good. That's the first time the crossroads has ever looked good to me. Uh, I also liked uh, when Ibushi misses that dive onto Cody and knocks Brandy down and picks her up. Yes, yes. Cody like decks him in the face and they just both fall to the ground and they're just like cackling. Yeah, because it was a set by Brandy. Uh, Brandy's real good heal. Uh, yeah, she's nice. Great. Uh, any Alex, do you have any thoughts on this match? Or he didn't see it either. He no, watched we, it. we we watched this one. This was we did watch this one. Yeah, this one we watched. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we, def- we definitely watched this one because I remember uh, Brandy being all vocal, especially in the latter half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, she's yelling at the ref and trying to distract him and stuff like that. I okay. thought this match was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked it actually to be longer. <laughs> it was like 15 minutes, which I think yeah. was the shorter matches. Uh, All the matches had an hour time limit. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, nobody used them. <laughs> no, yeah. But yeah. Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes is one of my first favorite wrestlers. Um, so, like, I was, when I first got into it, um, the Rhodes Scholars was a thing. And I fucking love that tag team. It was Cody Rose and Damian Sandow um, on WWE. And I don't know what the, like, if people at large liked them, but I thought they were amazing. Um, and so 
I started following him early on when I got into wrestling and I thought that this was a really cool match and I thought it like that that both of them wrestled really well and the stuff with Brandy was really good. It was just like it was a little bit cliche in some ways, but otherwise it was like this is it's a great like first singles match to see <laughs> for, for watching wrestling for the first time and paying attention because it's like that's like a classic formula and it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I, Kenny Omega pretty much moved to Japan specifically to wrestle with Kota Ibushi. He's that good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they had a tag team for a while, which which um, Andre touched on for a little while. It was a boys love themed tag team no, called the Golden good. Lovers. It was, it was which Sam. Have, oh, it was Sam? I thought it was. Yeah, he mentioned too. that he read a medium thing. Uh, uh, yeah, and they they recently reunited and they are tag teaming mm-hmm. again now. That's uh, so that's kind of an interesting background to this match, actually, is that um, while Ibushi and Kenny, not Ibushi and Kenny, uh, Kenny and Cody are kind of both at the top of the Bullet Club and kind of competing for control at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cody loses this match, uh, and then we'll get into the Jericho uh, Kenny thing later. But yeah, so this like I figured that would have like been more of a setback for Cody. Um, yeah, because shortly after this is when isn't that when the Kenny got kicked out of the Bullet Club, or was that further after? Um, he's not officially kicked out. It's, well, he got like he got beaten up by the Cody by the and Kenny are feuding as to who is the leader at the yes. moment. So you're either on Team Kenny or Team Cody, and that pretty much started the day after where. Yeah. Uh, Cody goes to jump Ibushi. This is like the New Year's Dash, which is the following Mm -hmm. show the next day. Uh, Cody goes to jump Ibushi and Kenny like gets in the way. And Mm -hmm. there was like, it's there's been a few other things since then. But yeah, that was, I didn't realize that that was kind of the setup to that because it's just, Uh, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be an intercontinental title, but uh, Cody lost the, um, Cody lost it, I think, or Ibushi lost it. I don't know. There was supposed to be a title on the line, and then it was gone. Yeah. Uh, next match. Are we done with that one? Uh, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, the IWGP Tag Team Championship Killer Elite Squad versus Sonata and Evil. I don't remember anything. It was a six-man, right? No. It was, was it the six-man? Oh, no, it wasn't. It was, yeah, I, this... Oh, right. I don't remember anything about this match. This is this one, one of the ones we skipped. Yes. Okay. The um, evil yeah. Sonata have really cool costumes. Uh, otherwise, I thought Killer Elite Squad seem fucking awful, and uh, like wrestlers, I never want to watch wrestle again. <laughs> Lance Archer's ability to hide water bottles on his body is very impressive to me. <laughs> was that one? That was like oh, that yeah. was. I think that was what made me laugh most in this entire event was when he just kept pulling water bottles out of just nowhere. I just that, thought it was that gross. Was and like, it's like, oh <laughs> boy. Well, if you start watching. Him spraying water, not the him hiding the water. That part wasn't gross. It was like, <laughs> the, the, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, uh, I was, I, yeah, I didn't care for that match. I didn't uh, care much for the next match either. The never open weight championship hair versus hair match with Minori, Minoru Suzuki versus Hiroki Goto. So, and, yeah. The concept I of hair versus hair is interesting to me, but that's basically 
Yeah, Donald Curry. Trump and Vince McMahon had a hair versus hair match where oh. they had surrogates <laughs> wrestle yeah. for them. But it actually means something in Japan. I don't know. I thought I actually liked this match quite a bit. With, and with the hair these guys have, it definitely means something. Yeah. Um, Whoever loses gets the better haircut. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> yeah. but I I thought it was pretty cool. I liked the match a lot, and I thought that the um like the concept made more sense in this setting than it does when the wwe does this because they've done it multiple times and it's always stupid but here it's felt like it had a little bit more weight and like i really was pulling for goto because even though i don't know them at all he just seemed like such a more likable guy and i actually i like felt invested even though i didn't know them coming in yeah for me i never cared about goto at all um up until this match this match is what made me (laughs) like goto (laughs) So, yeah, the I would say for me, like, I mean, obviously in Japan, hair hair and shaving your head means a lot more than it does in America, Um, you know, but uh, I really like this match a lot. And it's part of it has to do with the young lions, actually. Um, So Suzuki's kind of known for. Like, I mean, he's kind of like, in my opinion, probably one of the scariest guys in wrestling. Like he, he seems legitimately scary. He is a co-founder of Pancrase, which is like one of the first MMA organizations. He like, he, a lot of wrestlers don't like wrestling him because he hits legitimately super hard. (laughs) And um, he's kind of known for beating up the young lions around the ring um, after matches, which is part of their training. They they have to accept it, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) he's, yeah, he's kind of known for beating up the young lions. So at some point, um, the Suzuki Goon has been interfering in matches all year long. So they, they had specifically no seconds, like there would be no, nobody else in the ring with them. Um, and so the having, I think it was Tai Chi and I don't know, remember who else it was definitely Tai Chi though, but they, they tried to come out and help Suzuki at some point And the young lions all kind of banded together and worked together to keep them out, which I just thought was really fun because they've been accepting beatings all year long from Suzuki. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought it was really fun. I also go, um, Suzuki is obsessed with hitting a gotch style, uh, pile driver because he was trained by Carl gotch and he's just really into that finisher. And so there was at some point, um, Goto was being choked out and he was like blacking out in the, the, yeah. rest of the arm checks and he would have called it on the third one but Suzuki like flipped him around real quick to do a gotcha style pile, pile driver on him and, uh, and Goto was able to kick out of that so you know it was just it was part of like Suzuki's obsession with the gotcha style pile driver and you know whether or not he, he, he needs to finish on that so he lost the match because he wanted to finish on that i feel like the best wrestling matches have a narrative all of their own without needing you don't necessarily even need to know the storyline coming in if it's a really (laughs) great match it shouldn't matter um and i kind of felt that from this not like i don't want to hyperbolize like i'm not saying it was like one of the best matches ever but it was just really solid i will say that at this point with the end of that one i was kind of like this, these have all been really predictable outcomes for these matches. And I felt like that was kind of a theme that stuck around. There was really only one surprise to me. Um, 
which we can talk about later. Um, even though I don't really know the characters outside of like Cody and Chris Jericho and a mm. little bit about Kenny Omega, like I did feel like the outcomes were fairly predictable throughout. Yeah, that's fair. I would I would say that I feel like that with a lot of New Japan stuff. Not all of sure. it, but yeah, I would say it's probably fairly predictable. And that's not even necessarily a bad thing for professional wrestling. Sometimes predictability is okay as long as the matches are good yeah. and the storylines are good. But what did you guys think about the uh, the head shaving part? Where he like he, uh, he his Suzuki Goon tries to like drag him out, and then uh, they bring him. He he get he like shrugs them off and goes back, takes a chair from the announcer, just like slaps the chair that was there for him, and put puts his own chair in, shaves his own head. <laughs> it was pretty good. I liked it. I thought like the actual amount of hair that he shaved off. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he came bald the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's that's. I also did not want to actually watch him sit there and get every piece of hair. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. He did kind of just shave like three quarters of his back mohawk. I thought that was pretty good how he only got like part of it and walked out all angry. But I think it would have been better if he left his hair like that. <laughs> Maybe if he had leaned into that, I would have liked it more having seen if I watched future ones. <laughs> yeah, instead of hair versus hair, like it's not just hair versus hair like you have to let the person style your hair <laughs> uh any thoughts from allison or alex in particular i don't uh, really have any like like allison i don't really have match to match yeah, yeah, yeah commentary yeah. uh iwgp junior heavyweight championship four-way match marty squirrel versus will osprey versus kushida versus hiromu takahashi a number of rivalries come together in this bout as Squirrel defends his title against three worthy challengers. <laughs> Recently took the title off Osprey, who gets his rematch here, but a long-time rivalry between Osprey and Kushida gives the latter a claim for a title opportunity as well. Yeah, so I think the junior, the juniors division in New Japan is really excellent, especially these four guys in particular. Um, I think Kushida is actually a really technically good wrestler with like a bad gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everyone in this match, I was really into except Marty Squirrel uh, because he's like the worst kind of heel who doesn't wrestle. <laughs> if you notice too, with the with the moonsault that uh, Osprey did off of the light tower, um, which was amazing, and I was yeah. here for it. But Marty Squirrel was completely unwilling to catch him, <laughs> and it was just like Hiromu and Kushida catching him, and then Marty yeah. Squirrel just falls down with everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, that was very funny. But I thought this was a fun match. That was one of the ones where I, I know who Osprey is, so I enjoyed the match. Yeah, I um, could root for somebody. Part of my one of my favorite parts were uh, specifically the when Marty Skrull tapes uh, uh, mm. Hiromu to the barricades, and then he goes back at some point into the medical kit that he got that from to get like some kind of powder. I don't know, it was a chalk or yeah, smelling chalk. salts or something. I don't, I don't think I get some fork <laughs> in his hand and throw <laughs> yeah, and then he threw it at Kushida, but he left the uh, the the kit too close to Hiromu and Hiromu cuts himself out with the scissors and then goes that was, and that was, <laughs> that was a good moment. Yeah. It's like, Oh, uh, I forgot. <laughs> there are scissors here. <laughs> yeah. 
There was, was a lot of good funny. theatrics in that match. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time Will Ospreay has ever beaten Marty Skrull. And I was surprised. That was, I was legitimately surprised by it because um, one, it's just never happened before. And two, I figured when it did happen, they're both English wrestlers. So I figured it would happen in England. They both wrestle for Ring of Honor also. So I figured it would probably happen at a Ring of Honor British show. But it did not. Not knowing <laughs> anything about either of them, I kind of assumed Osprey would win coming into the match because I was like, oh, he's the one that's doing the most work. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but, uh, yeah, that was just a. From someone who doesn't really know, I could have I could have seen that match going any direction based on like the things that were happening. Like, oh, it would have been great if like Takahashi got taped to the thing and then he broke out and then he won or, like at the last second or something. Well, I think but also I the fact that match. he it, Takahashi pinned um, Will Osprey and then Skrull grabbed him grabbed the ref out with his umbrella so i think that is probably going to set up a future match between the two of them um which i'm here for i love hiromu i love him (laughs) so i'll I'll, i'm excited to see that and will osprey the the other thing too is that's kind of the match will osprey does he's always firing on all cylinders all the time so I, I guess I wasn't surprised that he was winning because that's just what you expect from him, even if he's losing. He's my favorite kind of wrestler too. I like wrestlers that are super like aerial and do a lot of um, like really uh, impressive, flashy looking stuff. So mm-hmm. I was happy to see him win. Yeah, yeah. That was the most entertaining part for me is some of the aerial stuff. Where I was like, whoa, people are doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew that like in theory, that was a thing for wrestling, but it was like to see it. I was like, okay. This is pretty pretty legit. I'll show you a video of Will Os- a match Will Osprey had that had people in the wrestling community very divided. <laughs> it uh, it led to a match between I think Osprey and Vader, and that was a whole thing. Uh, anyway, uh, next match, uh, Alex. Any thoughts? <laughs> okay, I, IWGP Intercontinental Championship Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Switchblade uh, with uh, Jay White. Jay White yeah, yeah wear his shirt today. <laughs> stupid necklace guy. Yeah, it's a- <laughs> like I don't like Jay White. <laughs> That's a hundred percent fair. I feel like at this point, I'm the only person who really loves Jay White. <laughs> I don't remember anything about this match except I didn't like Jay White. <laughs> so Jay White um, was a young lion. Also, he like if you talk to the trainers who right. are like Yuji Nagata and uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and some of the other old guys, they really like him a lot because he works super hard and he's got like a really good work ethic and he'll you know if you tell him do a thousand hindu squats before breakfast he will do two thousand hindu squats before breakfast (laughs) and so you know it's just like i i just really like him a lot um and as a young lion he was a huge baby face and he came back from excursion with this new switchblade character that i'm not sure works for him uh so is this a I'm looking at his nicknames, and one of them on Wikipedia is Knife Pervert. <laughs> is this a <laughs> translation? We, thing? No, we had a no. full talk about this. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Beretta, the one of the guys who won in the uh, the the gauntlet match, um, Beretta was tag teaming with him at some point and he's like yeah you're gonna watch me with my best friend chucky t and knife pervert jay white <laughs> 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 oh 
Yeah. Marty Skrull recently called him Dick Blade, and so I'm thinking that one's going to stick for him, too, unfortunately. Uh, That's too bad. That's... But knife curve, it's very funny. (laughs) You know what I am extremely here for? Hiroshi Tanahashi's hair. Okay, so he looks like a J, like a create your own Monster Hunter character. Yep. I have a lot of thoughts on the hair. <laughs> is it Tanahashi? It is very good. It is very good. It's you Tanahashi hair. had better hair, believe it or not. He had this big luxur- luxurious ponytail, and he cut it and dyed it dark for a movie. So the hair that you saw are extensions that he had braided in. That's why you could see the braids on the side of his head, mm-hmm. and the fans freaked the fuck out when he cut his hair and they were not here for it at all <laughs> including me there <laughs> like, from this match it's beautiful and i hope he grows it back because he is he's working on it it did look fake though <laughs> i, I he, will say yeah yeah but oh my god he is just the most luxurious <laughs> like that is goals right there yes <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, and I'm glad he he won. And yeah. Jay White. Me too. I, I like Jay White. Um, I think I would like Jay White with a different gimmick. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, I, don't I mean, I'm wearing his old to... gimmick t-shirt, so okay, I, I'm I, with you. I liked him in the ring, and I thought that the match was very good. But definitely when they were playing the hype videos, because I'm not familiar with him at all. And when they were playing the hype videos, I was like, this fucking guy. <laughs> Who is this neck pervert? Yeah. Pervert, like, yes. This is like, this is like the third, I'm an edgy white dude guy I've seen like today. Yeah. And I'm done with that. Yeah. Okay. And I got to watch Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I think he'll get there. Hopefully eventually either he'll figure this one out or i mean he has a he's a belt now he didn't get one here but he has one now um and you know he had a really good match last weekend with uh hangman page who actually wasn't in the show which is surprising um but yeah tanahashi has been dealing with a lot of injuries um he's you know an older guy he was the okada of the previous generation he was the top dog for a long time um and he had an mri done like like a couple weeks before the show and he turns out he has arthritis and water in his knee and so that's why jay white was going after the knee the entire time (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and also there was like a weird miscommunication part that i thought was kind of rough where jay white uh climbs up to the top rope and Tanahashi like rolls into like the opposite corner. So I think they probably said something to each other and didn't know what was going on, but yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, but I think Jay White has a really good deadlifts German suplex that I think is super impressive. And, uh, you know, I think he, I think he has the skills. He just needs to figure out the gimmick. Yeah. He seems talented. Like you can't really teach talent, but you can change gimmicks. So yeah. So hopefully they make him. He was like he was like the blue eyed like baby face young lion the whole time, and now he's like the opposite, and it's just not great. <laughs> Anytime wrestlers try to be edgy, it always sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that is always a bad gimmick. There's one wrestler <laughs> who did it right. Yeah, it's the Undertaker. The Undertaker is the one wrestler who did it right. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on Tanahashi versus Knife Pervert? <laughs> Okay, moving on to the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship No DQ match. 
Kenny Omega versus rock and roll dad, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Kenny Omega <laughs> is the defending champion. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to say specifically about the lineup of these two matches is that they were billed as um, double main events instead of just the last one being the main event. And Naito and Jericho actually got into like a bit of an argument um, where Naito was talking about how um, that New Japan will never be the top company as long as they keep humoring the WWE <laughs> and things like that. And so, you know, I just I thought that that kind of leads up something for Jericho and Naito if Jericho decides to come back. But we'll see. I will say, like, this match overall was, like, the most WWE thing of the night. And I mean that in good ways and in bad ways. <laughs> like, I thought the match itself was uh, kind of a snooze fest, frankly. I don't know. Oh, I was really into it. Uh <laughs> I, just because I really enjoy Chris Jericho, and hey man, I love Chris Jericho, but him, him putting Red Shoes's son in the walls of Jericho, yes. real good. That, yeah. that that was very good. That was like probably <laughs> my most uh, um, like memorable moment of the whole thing was like the "This is your son" or whatever he's saying. Look, look at he was your like, son. Look at your son. Look at your son. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that, Pat, I don't know if that was lost on you, but the uh, the. Red Shoes, who's the uh, the referee, his son is a young lion right now, and he put him on okay. the walls of the room and was like, look at your son. <laughs> yeah, that part didn't make a lot of sense to me, to be honest, but that makes yeah. more sense. And is that's good. And I thought Jericho was okay in it, considering, like, he's getting up there. Uh, yeah. 40s. 47, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and his, I mean, I think his promo work is, like, pretty fantastic. I think it's some of the mm -hmm. best that has been in wrestling. Um for as long as he's been at it. Um, like to be clear, when I, when I threw shade at him and, and uh, Kevin Owens earlier, I, that was primarily on the Kevin Owens part of that duo, <laughs> but I can't stand Kevin Owens. I thought that you just made the list part of it was pretty fantastic. He's a zoo enthusiast, but uh, yeah, that's um, it. Uh, the, like the no DQ with the uh, having to like figure out ways to get out of like the walls of Jericho because you can't do rope breaks and stuff. So him getting the cold spray be like, Hey Jericho. That bit was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he like, and then he does like the weird, like spray himself, spray it down his pants. Yeah. I think, I think part of the reason I didn't get into this match as much is I think I'm probably the only person on the planet, but I don't like Kenny Omega. I don't really get why people are so into him. I think he's like kind of like I see him as kind of like s snotty and annoying. I don't know. Every bit that I see him in, I just don't like him that much. Have you seen any of his like interviews? A little bit here and there. Um, okay. He was on Giant Bomb, actually. He he played Street Fighter with uh, with Jason and Dan at some point. Um, but I think he comes across as extremely likable in those types of things. But like, so it kind of yeah. seems like a bit that he's coming off. Yeah. As, like, yeah, a, yeah. That's what it is. as a dude, he seems fine. I mean, I don't have anything against him. Yeah, like yeah. if I saw, like, I don't remember that he's video specifically, but <laughs> he seems fine. It was more just like he came in and, and I was like, is that a destiny costume? That's why like you guys, I was saying to you guys like, can you please walk me through this? Uh, <laughs> and, like it's cool that he's in the video games, but like that costume looks like shit. <laughs> I mean, his, his like one of his moves is the V trigger, which is a yeah. street fighter thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one winged angel is his finisher move. That match ended on a Tekken seven logo. Yep. I know. 
So I think yeah. I could grow to like him, but um, like my, I would need to watch him more. I think, and mm-hmm. which just happens with wrestlers for me. Sometimes I don't like him at yeah. first, and I grow to like him. Yeah. And I, I didn't like that he won. <laughs> I really wanted Jericho to win. I mean, I mean, but of course he did because Jericho yeah. is just like a free agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I expected him to win, but yeah. I really wanted Jericho to win. So uh, the one issue I had with this match really was that the no DQ rules kind of made no sense because sometimes the rope breaks. Well, I mean, Red Shoes was counting for the rope break at some point and uh, Jericho was like, "There's, it's no DQ, it's no DQ. So, And yeah, then at, at another point, though, he, like Kenny grabs the ropes and they let go. So I don't know. I th- it didn't. I think that was supposed to be like he like leveraged a little he got like leveraged a little bit and jericho it was like so late in the match jericho just like kind of collapsed okay uh, but That's like that fair. was kind of like i mean wrestling doesn't make sense a lot of the time and so <laughs> that, that was kind of how i read it was he was yeah. able to like he got to the ropes and was like able to like shift a little bit and so that kind of threw yeah. jericho off maybe the other thing i was not a big fan of was uh kenny blading himself at some point um mm-hmm. Yeah, Red Shoes very obviously handed him something, and then Kenny was like cutting his own head for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and that's, I think that's it's on just the cameras that, for having him in frame. Yeah, but you know, it's like I don't know. It's just I, I think I didn't watch wrestling in a time where that was popular, and so I get that because it's not done anymore. It's exciting and cool and stuff, but it's just, I don't really, I don't, I don't like, like blood the blood. It doesn't freak me out. So when it happens by mistake, I don't get like, Ugh, but when they do it on purpose, it's like, yeah. you can use a blood packet. Like there's ways to fake it and make it look like at not believable, but like as believable as that, where you could clearly see him gigging himself. Like yeah. you, you could, you could just like pop a blood packet and, or something like that you know like i don't don't like it yeah i'm with you like for for me too like uh, it's when somebody gets like their lip busted open or they're bleeding for whatever actual reason that doesn't bother me as much as him like cutting his own head and just like i don't know you look like new jack um Uh, the, uh, also, they they set up that really good chair spot where Jericho like yeah. set up the uh, chair in the corner, and then like you kind of forget about it because like they get away from that and they're doing stuff, and then suddenly I think was it Ke- yeah Kenny's running across and he's gonna hit Jericho, and Jericho like steps out of the way and throws him into the chair. Yeah, there was so the, they did. Sorry, I was gonna was say there was complete. there was the table thing too, wasn't there that they set up earlier? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. they set up the table and then Kenny hits chris and he like falls backwards off through the table that those tables look a lot sturdier than the ones wwe uses <laughs> uh that was like oh, that looks like it could hurt but you know, they're all like gimmicked and whatnot uh yeah. any other thoughts on this match um i, I think... like the ending a lot <laughs> yeah good idea you could sorry you could continue no to I, I think like it's a the common theme throughout the night that was really, or throughout the night, throughout the show, I didn't watch it at night, but <laughs> throughout the show was like that I'm, I like the wrestling part of wrestling the most, like the in-ring stuff, but I also have a lot of affection for the goofy, like, I love it. I, my favorite parts of recent WrestleManias have been the parts where some big wrestler comes out and like talks on a microphone for 10 minutes because I think that like that stuff is really entertaining too. And it was weird that there wasn't much of that throughout the show for me. Cause as, as being like new to this promotion and I felt like 
it got even weirder when that wasn't much of a thing in this match that felt like the most WWE thing that they had done. And I kind of was like, man, do, is there any, like, does all the drama happen on like press conference stuff outside of the paper? Like what, I don't understand really how the storylines develop yet because it seemed like aside, there were some bits in this one that, that had it, but there wasn't a lot of like, we're going to talk a little bit and set up storylines. So it's a lot I, more in-ring action than it yeah. is. Yeah. So it's it's a lot more like actual rivalries rather than you're fired yeah. and if you want your job back you have to beat me. You know. <laughs> and I like that soap opera bullshit a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's no, kind of yeah. disappointing to me to not see it, even though I think that's a preference thing. It's not like a critical yeah. yeah. of it. I would say that there is more talking in most other shows. Gotcha. Um, okay. But because this is, you know, also the next the next day's show is uh, New Year's Dash, where it kind of sets up a lot of the stuff that's going to happen throughout the year. But it's also a much more lighthearted, like everybody's tired. They did Wrestle Kingdom the night before. And um, so there's a lot more talking in that one, I would say, mm, too. Okay. Um, and yeah, and then there's also the, the press stuff that happens a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's I don't know how to. F- I don't want to take too much time on this either, but it's like, it's an interesting question of someone who now has an interest in maybe grabbing a subscription and checking it out more is like, I want those storylines, but then there's the, the language barrier issue that we talked about earlier, where I don't know how much is conveyed very well given that. And they don't really talk much in the ring, but should do, I want them to, cause I can't understand a lot of the stuff that's said anyway. I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of like stumbling blocks for me that are hard to get over, but the in-ring action is really good. And I'd like to figure out how to get over them to be able to appreciate it. I almost went to this show. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think for me, this will kind of reveal my hand for the conclusion that we'll get to. But it was the only match of the night I actually enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, it, it had lulls. It had moments that were just kind of boring. But it was two Canadians going it, at it. it. Yeah, we had a lot of talk about Winnipeg about during this match, but <laughs> it it was it was the only one that seemed like um for me at least that there was forethought that went into it. Like talking about setting up the chair, setting up the table, and like mm-hmm. the two dudes are obviously talking to each other and setting things up and setting up something that's interesting. So it was the one that had the most narrative in it, I guess, for me. Mm-hmm. And it also had the yeah, most yeah, yeah. dumb shit. So <laughs> Yeah, in the end, it was like the one of the night that I kind of took away as being kind of cool. I'm always in for dumb shit, like when Same. Dean Ambrose tried to for real cut Brock Lesnar in half oh with the song. Yes, but that was so good. That, Dean like, Ambrose happens awful, to be, but it was it was it could have been so good. He <laughs> happens promise. to be my favorite WWE current favorite WWE superstar, so that was especially uh, <laughs> great for me. Very disappointing in the end. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but so that brings us. Speaking of disappointing, uh, <laughs> IWGP Heavyweight Championship: Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito. Speaking of disappointing, the Rainmaker. I thought it was gonna be like way cool. It's just like a lariat. Yeah, but it yeah, like, it's a lariat. That, that was that, I was I was incredibly disappointed by that. I like, don't end, like it. <laughs> at the end, he made it look pretty good, but when he first said, it, "I was like, wait, that's that's the Rainmaker." Because I've heard about Okada, I've heard about the Rainmaker, so I figured like that it would be like pretty. I, I liked his pants. <laughs> I hate his pants. <laughs> and I, wanted, I liked his pants, and I wanted him to win, so I was like, I was down. I wanted Naito to win so bad, and I thought he was going to. Uh, that I was this was, was the too. one surprise for me. Um, 
I thought this match was all over the place. Like there are moments of it that I thought were awesome. And then there were other moments where I was like, how the fuck is this still going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think wrestling. Wrestling. I don't think wrestling matches should go 36 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> they normally don't. It's really just wrestle kingdom. Um, and I will say though, it's every wrestle kingdom is like that though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, the Rainmaker is probably the least protected of the uh, the big uh, finishers for most of the big wrestlers. Um, people kick out of the the Rainmaker all the time. He usually they has kick to out hit. this one like six times. Yeah, that's normal, honestly. Like it's. Uh, uh, I was yeah, trying I to make sense of Naito's finisher. It looked like he was going into like a spinning arm bar, but then it's like a DDT. Yeah, it's a it's it's called the Destino. It's uh, according according to his Wikipedia page, it is a somersault reverse DDT. But what he does is he like grabs the other guy's arm, reaches his arm through that arm, grabs their head, and then like muscles himself up, like does like a, an extreme crunch and like muscles himself up yeah. and then DDTs them. Yeah, so it's it, like the other guy's doing all the work. I don't know. It's a, I just, yeah, it's a weird one. I felt like uh, in this match, like, again, these are guys I don't know anything about. Naito is the person that like, I, he, I don't mean to, like, I'm probably going to sub for a couple months of New Japan and watch stuff because of him. Like, he seems fucking awesome. Like, I want to watch that guy wrestle a shit ton more. And I felt like Okada was so much less interesting. And I was like, why did he lose? He was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. So Naito is kind of like super over with the fans. Like he's really, really popular with the fans. Um, And, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where I thought that this was kind of where Okada was finally going to lose. He's been the champion for like 600 days or something like that. Like I yeah, thought this was going to be the something. one. Yeah. Yeah. And it just wasn't. And I was surprised by that. Um, I thought this was going to be the time, but it wasn't. So, you know, did he take the belt off Nakamura or who did he get the belt off? Of? He took it off of, uh, of, uh, um, God, they take it off of. No, he took it off of. Um, he took it off of Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okay. Tanahashi was like the the previous like, like he was the guy, and now it's Okada. <laughs> yeah, he. I don't know. He seemed. It seemed like um, another one of those matches, and I don't particularly like matches like this. It seemed like Naito was working his ass off, and Okada was kind of like wrestling to wrestle he wasn't really yeah. like trying to wow anyone it was more like he was just sort of uh naito's like like training partner or something and mm-hmm. and that can work if the right person wins it and comes yeah. away with a big belt but i felt like like by okada winning i was like he didn't fucking like yeah, it's fine. like randy orton wrestling when he knows he's gonna lose yeah right <laughs> totally totally so when he didn't, it was like Randy Orton wrestling when he knows he's going to lose and then winning. Like, yeah. there's that's like the worst thing that could happen in a WWE match. And I don't know. Um, yeah, I would say that's kind of my guess about where, how they're going to take the belt off of Okada is he's been like last year he was working super, super hard, kind of the same way that you saw Naito, like really sure. giving it his all. You know, he got a six star match with Kenny. It was a big deal. Um, and I would say that I think that that's actually how they're going to take the belt from Okada because he's been progressively getting more goofy 
Like he screamed sure. Scooby Dooby Doo and jumped a, did like a flat a frog splash on Ibushi. He did do that. <laughs> the other day he uh, he had Zack Saber Jr. in I forgot what kind of hold it was something and he was like petting his hair. He's getting really goofy in a way that he hasn't been goofy before. And so I think what happened what's going to happen is right now he's beaten like every record and like you know days held with the belt and you know just did whatever the only one. That he doesn't have his title defenses, which um, Tanahashi has the the record for Tana for title defenses. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to rematch that. He's got he's got one more title defense before he gets to to that one. And I think he's going to lose it to Tanahashi. Huh. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So but he's definitely me, acting goofy. <laughs> let me ask you. Like I don't because um, it's an interesting question for me, and I want to dive into it more now because um, I overall enjoyed enjoyed it a lot um so like in the wwe it's all about like what creative wants like they don't fucking give a shit what fans care about really yeah. i mean they claim they do and sometimes they make the right move but it's just what their creative thinks is going to sell um and there's not a lot of like from what i understand listening to podcasts there's some degree of politics between the wrestlers and the company as to what you get but it's really basically if you do what the company says long enough eventually you'll get your shot um do you know, like, in New Japan, it seems like maybe this is me being, like, a, like stupid culturally, but I feel like given the climate in Japan, and Andre, maybe you can speak to this too, like, I feel like there's more to the way that they throw belts around. Like, WWE will just, like, do something really dumb because fucking who cares because it's what creative wants. So I wonder if, like, because of Japanese culture, if there's a if they're more careful with the way they write the, at least the transfer of titles. So there's, I, bet, I wonder, I wonder if they're being, I don't know. They might, I wonder if like WWE being more aggressive about acquiring talent has changed anything because like, I mean, they took out AJ Styles and Nakamura from them yeah. at like the same time. Ben and like, too. and like Oscar uh, and stuff like that. So like, I, I wonder if that has like given them like, oh, okay, if we want to keep our big guys, maybe we need to like build people up more using mm-hmm. like, you know, give more chances, things like that. But I can't say. Yeah, I don't know how the money works out for them either. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the company was bought, um, like New Japan was bought like maybe in 2003 or so. And the people who bought it, they're like, they make like, those video games that you see, uh, Andre, you, you probably know better than anybody else. The in the arcades, those ones with like cards, the, like the oh, machines that have like yeah. weird cards. Is they're like they're called like Bushi Road. It's just like a weird, like anime video game. Like yeah. they make a lot of visual they novels. Have, they have like Pokemon games and yeah. Dragon Ball games. So, yeah. I would say since that has happened, they're much more willing to do weird shit and like try out new things and stick with stuff for a long time if they think it might pay out in the end. Um, Ghetto, he's the guy who came out with Okada. Um, He's one of the bookers. The other one's Chato, who we didn't see. But um, those two guys I trust to book pretty much anything because they they seem to figure out – they seem to get it. Um, I know the – then the wrestlers themselves have a lot more uh, creative freedom than they do in the WWE. Like, it's kind of like, uh, just do what you want. This person's going to win though. And, um, and, and especially 
with the the young lions is pretty much where you see the biggest thing. They never win matches unless they're facing other young lions, um, and and that's just you know that's part of them building up to the respect level where they are allowed to win. Um, but the with the with the championships, I would say they've been willing to do some weird stuff. Like Jay White has a belt now and I don't, didn't think he would have the belt. He actually took it from Kenny Omega. He has the United States championship huh. belt now. Wow. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they're willing to do some weird stuff. It's just kind of like, it depends. <laughs> I yeah. guess some things are willing to be a little more. And, and also it makes sense for them to give Jay White the belt um, to, get, to get it off of Kenny because of the beef that Kenny has going on with the Bullet Club. He's reunited with Ibushi. He's doing that. He's doing tag teams now instead of singles. Um, and it's just, it's, I think they're willing to do more stuff and try new things, but it's not necessarily like, okay, this guy earned it more because he's been around longer. Like, old guys lose all the time. Gotcha. I also doubt that it's, like, one guy in his 70s, slightly insane, making all the creative decisions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, now in WWE, that's less true than it has been in the past. Although, it still is if Vince wants something, it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He participates less, but if he wants something, it happens. So that's why... Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, that's why I like NXT so much is that Triple H does that. Yeah. <laughs> Vince. Uh, like, so Vince. quick side note, when you said that Bushiroad owned them, I was like, how the fuck do I know? I know this company. I know this company. I know this company. Bushiroad makes a trading card game called Weeb Shorts <laughs> that I got super deep into because it's like got all these different anime properties, um, including like Attack on Titan and uh, I think yeah, Sword Art Online. The Persona 3 and 4 characters have sets <laughs> based on them. Weird. And uh, so it's pretty interesting that they own <laughs> New Japan. We, we need to yeah. wrap this up. We're almost three hours. No, I know, I know. We got to finish, but <laughs> that's they what I've heard They also do them. the Love Live rhythm, rhythm game that I got really into for a while. So I was like, that name sounds very familiar. And then that's because why. Yep. Okay. I had like like two more questions for you guys. Um, what do you guys think of uh, Naito's chant where uh, not chant taunt where he's like holding his eye open apparently he i mean he went to mexico for a while and that was kind of his thing because the fans were making fun of him for having small eyes because he's japanese i miss i missed it and, uh, yeah he, so he's always like he's always like holding his eye open and got his fist up because the fist thing is the is um los ingobernables which is his faction yeah. Huh. yeah yeah i didn't really read into it too much that's interesting yeah, I just thought it was cute. I was thinking, I was yeah. like it. <laughs> um, and w- I was going to ask what you guys thought about Okada's bell bottoms, his his corm bell bottoms. <laughs> I loved his pants. I told you. Yeah, I was in his I, pants. I hate him. <laughs> and the the other thing too is, I, out of I know you two especially have been really into watched a lot of WWE. Um, what do you think of the camera work? I've like a lot of the reason I don't like WWE is that they cut the camera constantly. And I feel like I can never see what's happening. They do it less now, but for a while they were, and they still do it too much. They were on this thing of like zooming in every time there was a punch to try to hide Mm. the fact that there wasn't a real hit when it's like, (laughs) you just shoot it from a different angle. You don't have to do that. And then no one gets motion sick. So yeah, I, I like the camera work in this more than in most WWE stuff. Yeah, I like the, the camera stuff. I like the production 
generally of WWE stuff, but like, yeah, yeah the camera work is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I was also curious on your opinion about, uh, um, so new Japan, the wrestlers for new Japan work a much harder style. They hit each other a lot harder. They, you know, they take much harder bumps than the WWE does, but they get injured far less often because they work like maybe 40, 50 matches a year, as opposed to WWE wrestlers who work like about 150 matches a year and are probably really tired from traveling constantly and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? (laughs) Uh, don't, keep keep them healthy uh they would do better <laughs> wwe would do better to utilize more of their talent by giving more of their people time off yep yeah. and wwe would do better by i mean wwe has six weekly shows right that's still around that number uh, raw smackdown nxt main event superstars and main event and superstars are still are just like dark matches though are they? I wasn't. I thought for a while yeah, yeah, they were they, actually. They, they film them before uh, SmackDown or Raw, and then Two Hundred Five Live. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So but, they're, but it's still the same lot of matches. Yeah. Yeah, but there's still the number of matches. There, there's enough content for the shows. I guess I mean, even though they're not yeah, separate yeah. shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they do live events too that they don't even film. Yeah. So like, the amount of wrestling that they put out is so much more than is necessary for any like. Because no one can keep up with it all. No, yeah, it's, I was, it is I was your job to keep up with that. it. I'm like, how so, do you watch all that wrestling? Like, the storylines are so simple that you watch a video package before the major pay per views. Yeah, and like, yeah. if you're, mm. if I'm bored, I'll throw on SmackDown or something. Like, like it, yeah, you read, you read recaps, find out what's good. Because yeah. Raw is three fucking hours. Yeah, yeah. SmackDown is two. Yep, so that's, so that's five hours. Then you got NXT, which is an hour. 205 live which is probably also an hour yep main events superstars you don't you don't want to watch main event or superstars terrible nobody watches them which Uh, is like why are they even on then you know like they could do two hours of wrestling a week and shoot better quality matches and their rest and their talent would be a lot happier and more comfortable yeah if yeah if there's matches where it's like nobody watches it because it's terrible it's like maybe you don't need that yeah Yeah. right uh okay yes so that Matt is going to do it for us. I am making an executive decision right now. <laughs> yeah. In this podcast, we are approaching three hours or have exceeded three hours. Uh, so, uh, Alex, you can Google him. Alex Bellinas, you can Google him. I'm going to save him the time. Uh, writer Serenity, how do you spell that? Allison? Okay, it's W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Um, okay. You can also search uh, the character from the good place Rhonda mumps and you'll probably find me because that's part of my display name okay, okay. on there uh, <laughs> uh demi uh, did, i i don't want to say his last name because i can't uh the, one of the writers for the good place does a cool podcast called punch up the jam you should all listen to it uh erica he's no longer uh, writing for the good place but that's is, sad because is he I not? Oh, he's yeah. so good still listen to punch up the jam uh, uh erica yes my podcast tempered expectations it's about wrestling but, and video games sometimes. Is it, is it three hours long? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay. That's it's about, about the best. an hour. Sometimes that two is, tops. That is the best endorsement we can give right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zupa Dupa on Twitch, yes? Yes. Yes. Uh, he, he spelled that in a way. Uh, multiple X's, <laughs> XX420, 69XX. I think yeah, that's, that's where you it. can find me. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Weird, that's Twitter. my Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> Pat is at JesterPC on Twitch and Twitter, right? Correct, yes. Uh, and I am at CoolSlaw on the Twitter uh, and CrayDre, Cray underscore Dre on uh, Instagram. If you Sam. are interested in following me, Sam, you can find him. Google us, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so like, comment, subscribe. I, I guess, yeah, you can yeah. comment. We're on YouTube. Fix space. Yeah. Fix dot space. That is that is the place. Fix dot space <laughs> is the place. But I, yo, space is the place. To bring it back, but, uh, one little hey, second yo. for the wrestling. Oh yeah. I just have one specific specific question for Sorry. Allison. Yes. Would you continue watching wrestling? probably not like i'm really i i was intrigued by a lot of the whole like concept of it being like i don't know like all the like weird background stuff like about like young lions and moving up and here's this team it like gave me it vaguely reminded me of some of the j-pop stuff i follow which is kind of weird and i didn't expect it um because uh, like there's a lot of, um, especially in like the girl groups that I follow, there's a lot of stuff about like trainees when they're going to move up to the main group, like inner group. Oh, they, oh no, they mixed up the group or they're disbanding this group. So there's like a lot of that kind of like behind the scenes drama that's really entertaining, but I just can't see myself con- continuing to watch it. Like I'll, I'll gladly listen to Erica talk about it, but that's probably- <laughs> yeah. Kenny Omega's in the fortune cookie video. Oh, is that him? Yeah. yeah that's, that's oh my god. <laughs> I was in the uh fan version of that that got played places, so fun. Really? That. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I can share it with you. Please do. Uh so it similar thoughts from you, Alex. Not not really looking to watch WrestleMania next weekend. I would say I have zero oh, interest in ever watching oh. wrestling again. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I I would go so far as to say I actively hated it. <laughs> like I can definitely see the skill in it, and I think I can yeah. see why people are so passionate about it. But it was just so insubstantial to me that I had zero interest yeah. in ever watching it again. I, I would I would recommend <laughs> the video I linked in the chat, which is Kenny Omega versus a nine year old girl. I've seen that, yeah. which was adorable. But that and Ibushi versus Yoshihiko uh, from their time in DDT Dramatic Dream Theater wrestling i believe Dream which is a yeah. is a, a comedy um wrestling promotion yeah, at, that's uh, where at, one, yeah. at one point a ladder held the 24 7 hardcore championship um yeah. sadly See, so, not the members of dream theater wrestling that's that would have been seeing john patricia wrestling would have made me very happy but um because he's he's enormous anyways uh i don't know i get it i think the personalities are really cool and I think the gimmicks they come up with are really cool. And like I said, they're very skilled, but yeah, no interest. It's not an acquired taste. It's something that you watch for 10 minutes and then you'll know. I mean, it's... it's Yeah. Good to know, because I, uh, I appreciate hearing about it, but I don't think that it didn't grab me immediately. So yeah. but that's fair enough I, for me. I will 100% listen to Erica talk about it forever, and I'm glad that I at least had the experience to have formed an opinion. And if we want to start a wrestling, Erica, we could start a, a, a New Japan wrestling podcast as you explained to me how to get over the hurdles i mentioned earlier hell yes you want to watch there's a there's a there's a pay-per-view tomorrow i will watch it with you i am 100 percent serious all right yeah i'm yeah i'm gonna check it out wait there's a pay-per-view tomorrow it's a monday what yeah they have them at, like any day of the week 
Wait. Anyway, is it, is it in America? Whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just did one in LA. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, Andre, okay. what did you think? Are you gonna? You think you're gonna ever watch New Japan again? Uh, I I watch. Uh, I've like jumped in and I've watched highlights. Like I've watched Omega versus Nakamura. I think I watched. I watched AJ versus Nakamura. Uh, but like I said, if I don't know who the people are already, I'm not mm-hmm. that interested. If I hear like amazing things, then I'll go back. But um, I'm not really looking to pay for the New Japan uh, things, so that just kind of like, mm. like, I, I, like I want to go to a show at some point uh, when I can get some time and I can go to like Osaka because that's like probably the closest place that I can go to a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm not opposed to wrestling, but it's like when I'm mainly more interested in WWE just because I prefer that style because it gets so stupid. Um, it's like so campy that I would love to. I would love if it wasn't so bad and there wasn't so much of it, but yeah, yeah, I still keep up with it. Like read recaps and whatnot, but I'm not like, Oh yes, I need to follow all these characters now. That's fair. And Pat, I'm going to try to convince you that this is the <laughs> way to go. <laughs> he is unemployed oh. right now. Right. Uh, uh, it, it's definitely something I would watch concurrently with uh, like major WWE pr- uh, promote or uh, pay-per-views. But yeah, I thought it was really good. That's good. I'm glad. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching six hours of wrestling and then talking about it with me for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Ten hour project. Yes, there's a huge ask, and I really appreciate it. A lot more time than I assumed that I would spend on wrestling, but yeah, yeah, it's it's always interesting to see something that you're not normally exposed to. This went much longer than I was anticipating. So yes, that's what she said. Oh, nice. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for her to say. Um, uh, so Alex Galinas, you can Google him. Allison, we already I'm just going to recap real quick. All right. So let's talk about that first match, the rumble, right? Uh, Google cheeseburger. Uh, you want me to do a whole spiel about J-pop? Yeah, that's I can do that right now. Okay, okay, we're ending this podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> Real balls. Okay. Right. Wait, do we have Bye. a thing for next week? Right? No, nothing yet. No. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about it next. It's week. a regular podcast. Yeah. All right, we'll podcast. next month. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah eh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, nerds. Later. Bye. Bye.